I've been doing uh, sports betting, right? Everybody is. Right, I've been doing yeah. sports betting. So there's a guy called Mattress Mac. Mattress Mac? Mattress Mac. Because he owns like a furniture store. Uh-huh. But I, I think he also owns a mattress store. I think that's part of his, oh, okay. Oh, gosh, his, okay. his yeah. thing, right? Uh-huh. So I thought it meant Mattress Mac was like he... He just, he's an old guy. <laughs> Sleeps on mattress all No, who just like has a ton of money. Under the mattress. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was a thing, right? Like, a lot yeah, of I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't try. I'll tell you one thing about me. I don't trust banks. banks. They keep I keep all my mattress. money under the mattress. I that's why they call him Mattress Mac. Well, I don't know. But <laughs> shout out to Mattress Mac. I don't think he keeps his million dollars that he's betting in a mattress. But if he does, he's a fool. I like the idea that he just so good at selling mattresses that they call him Mattress Mac. So but, it's more mattresses also, the thing on the Eastern it, Seaboard than anybody. The other thing about that is he's using the sports betting if he makes money. Oh, you're saying he's laundering the mattress money into the sports betting? So it's clean. When he wins. Oh, he launders it through money. the mattress companies. Through the, oh, no, through the sports other betting. Other way around. It's clean money now. I think he, I think he bets on the favorite, uh-huh. wins money. Yeah. You, know, you bet on the favorite, you're not winning that much money. Sure. But you break even. But you break. Oh, you, you can make, make a little bit over. Make a little bit over. It's clean money. You turn a million into a million too. It's clean money. And it's clean. It's clean. I mean, are we putting the Rico out on Mattress Mag? No, nah, man. Shout out to Young Thug, though. <laughs> <laughs> obvious. We got a problem here. And it's more than just obvious dreaming punisher. When life begins to suck, who's reporting it? Luckily, you got two friends who you won't forget. Coming live, Alvin and friend on survival. Laughing nonstop, case drops on a cycle. Louder than intrusive thoughts off an iPhone. How they make the world seem bright with the lights off? AFs, it might as well stay up. Lies being told like that dinosaur BS. Magnifying glass to the ground if they don't see us. Having the time, roasting your favorite pizza. Bougie ain't an option, it's the way. Take it to the grave, add moving to the place. You already know when they take the case. Laugh the pain away. It's a fire. Happy yeah, man. New Year to everybody out there. We made it to 2023. Before we even get started, we got to give a massive shout out to Mr. Grand Ace for that sure. amazing new intro. That is our wow. new intro going forward. Um, you can find him on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, everything. It's at the T-H-E-E-G-R-A-N-D-A-C-E. Did a fantastic job. You also can go to his website, T-H-E-E-G-R-A-N-D-A-C-E.com. That's thegrandace.com. Absolutely knocked it out of the park. Friend, I, I hit this guy up on Twitter. I said, hey, I'm mm-hmm. looking for like a Kenan and Kel thing with a little bit of mystery, also a little bit of, you know, a little bit of funk to it. And yeah. he was like, hey, fam, I got you. Yeah. I'll be back in 24 hours. Came back immediately with what you just played. That was done. The turnover on that was crazy. No, I expected it to take months. Yeah. I was like, I thought I was asking for a talk. I thought I was asking for the world. I was like, you want, I want you to make a Coolio song for mm-hmm. us, but your own version of it. I thought I was asking for a tall order. And you know something? It wasn't. Knocked it out of the park. That's fire. I'm so excited to be able to. And it brings a different energy when I come. Like, now I'm ready to go. Hyped up. Oh, so hyped yeah. up, bro. The new year is here, friend. How you feeling? What, are you, what have you accomplished so far? How's the 2023 been so far? We are now like eight days, nine days in. Yes. How's it feeling? It feels good. Um, I don't have the anxiousness I would have any other year i don't know why mm. i just don't a remember, calm remember we talked about a calm? It yeah, yeah. It's like we talked about this before i just don't uh which is a good thing That's real good. i feel like it's less stress yeah um but i haven't done anything yet sure you have goals everybody it's, has their new year goals nine days in it's nine days in. yeah but you can go you can and then it was 30 days in i go it's just a month yeah. but i'm working on those uh-huh right yeah and i'll get there but i'm feeling good um 
I'm just excited. I hope this year go as planned. You never know how shit can never know. turn on his head. But, you know, I'm excited. But Cautiously optimistic always. Absolutely. But, you know, how is it? How are you feeling? How are you, you know, what was your, I know we talked about your goals going into 2023. Yes. Like as far as, so we are nine days in. Nine days in. What have you accomplished? Um, well, as you can see, we're sitting in right now a deconstructed room. Uh, we took the equipment that we, the room that we podcast in is now, I've moved the equipment into another room because yeah. I'm renovating my apartment right now. So I've been doing painting and getting new doorknobs and all that type of stuff. I did, like I said, I reached out to the affirminators and I said, hey man, if you got any trinkets laying around your house, like an old pay phone, like not a pay phone, like an old cord phone yeah. with that with a rotary dial on it, I'd love yeah. to put that on the shelf, you fine. know, something like that. If you guys didn't have anything like that laying around, we're going to get that P.O. box set up. You can send that to us. Or if you live in the Maryland area, maybe I'll, you know, we, I'll, I'll come to you. I'll come pick it up. If you send me a picture of it and, and then I feel like it's worth me risking my life. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to get Selena out here. Not yeah. 2023. I can't go out like Selena in 2023. Not yeah. that. Like, oh, oh, rest in peace, obviously. But um, yeah, no, it's been good. I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to it. I still got, I'm ripping up some carpet. I'm putting down some flooring. Like I'm, I'm really looking forward to like making my space. You know, so that's my big goal for the first quarter of 2023. And then obviously the overarching goal is always to build on the success of this podcast. We will be doing another virtual house party this month of January and yeah. hopefully every month. It would be nice to do one. Obviously, the fanfare will not be as big. We're not going to every month be having wigs on and costumes yeah. and stuff. Sometimes we're just going to kick it. I think this January one will be like a kick it one. Most of them will be kicking ones. But then obviously St. Patrick's Day come along, Halloween. Mm. I might do a little something. Yeah. But I think most of the time, yeah, well, let's, let's just kick it with the homies for a little bit. It was so fun, the Christmas one. Yeah. And I'd love to bring that energy to people once a month. I think that'd be fun. So, you know, goals like that are what I have. But as of right now, I'm just kind of making my space my own. Yeah. But you have to join the Patreon. Yes, Jeez. that is Patreon exclusive uh, things that are going on over there. So you got to be on Patreon to join the house party. Yeah. You can't just come into the party for free. It is invite only. So yeah, you don't just get in the house party with, without uh, an, an invitation. And the invitations come through Patreon. So other than that, um, I've been doing my best to try to keep up with this. The Iowa murders. Mm -hmm. um, they caught a guy. The guy looks absolutely menacing and terrifying. I, I don't know his name off the top of my head. Mark Kohlberger. I think that's what it is. Yeah, let's so see, let's see. Brian Kohlberger. Yeah, Brian. yeah, you were close. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got the Kohlberger right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, absolutely crazy. This happened like a couple of months ago, and I remember being like so confused and shocked. Like it was four college kids in a house, and they just were all dead, like slaughtered. Like they were killed really badly. Yeah. And they found this guy in Pennsylvania just driving with his dad or something like that. Yep. So it's been an absolutely insane story. People have given it the traction it deserves, obviously, and the attention that it deserves. So it, my thing is like sometimes you won't hear us talk about stuff, but I just, it'll be because I just feel like it, the job's being done. Mm -hmm. This was one of those cases where I just yeah. feel like, it's being talked about. I don't want to capitalize on it. I don't want to take advantage of it. I don't want to hot button it. I don't want to click it. I don't want to be clickbaity about it. Like it's getting the attention it deserves. A suspect was caught. Like these people are getting the spotlight that they need. Yeah. And I didn't feel like we needed to really go out of the way to jump on the bandwagon of giving it attention when at that point it's very much like yeah. um, taking advantage of the situation. Right. And I, and I don't and I didn't want to do that. I like yeah. to try to and talk also. I'm not an expert, so I'm not going to sit up here. Exactly, and my opinions when it's speculation and, and stuff, it's like who knows who the was it that because something happened like they, some some girl on TikTok. Here's what happened. I remember this happened mm -hmm. like 30 days ago. A girl on TikTok was being a couch detective, and yeah. it's the downside of being couch detective. Mm -hmm. She blamed one of the professors at the college, mm -hmm. uh, saying, "I hey guys, I connected some dots. I think she was jealous." And so she, I think she killed all four of them. And it's like, whoa, hey, yeah, that's, you can't just say that. You, you say are not Benoit Blanc. This is not Knives Out. <laughs> but that kind of stuff, that kind of stuff happens and everybody thinks they're the Pink Panther and they can, a sleuth. Everybody wants to be a sleuth. 
Yeah. Everybody wants to be body moving. What's all about finding your moment? Yeah. Everybody wants because to it could change. It, yeah, if you if you are right about something, you find a you think you found a clue that could bust a case wide open. You will become the de facto like TikTok detective, yeah. and it will lead to like opportunities and all that type of stuff. So people will get slivers of information and and add their own speculation and could mess up investigations. That's also the downside those, of counsel. Yeah, also those specula- that type of speculation is like that's too easy. Yeah, that's too anybody can. You're doing that. your uh, Nancy Drew novel, connecting of the dots. It, it, most of the time, you're probably wrong. Yes. If it feels like if you figured it out as a person who works at Alta, a professional. Yeah, like like over, before a professional, yeah, a professional yeah, right, detective exactly. did. Like yeah. you work at Chipotle and you think you cracked the code, which it happens. Shout out to Body Absolutely. Moving. Yeah, shout out. Shout out to Body Moving. It it doesn't happen like that. It sometimes it takes also a lot of manpower. Do it by herself. Exactly. That's what I was saying. It yeah. takes a, whole, a lot of manpower yeah. and a team and people connecting, giving you stuff that, that you don't have by exactly. yourself. You got to look at their stuff and they look at your stuff and all that stuff happens. So, yeah, um, that's the downside of couch detective stuff. Obviously, I wouldn't consider us couch detectives. We're more of like, new, like I don't know, like news anchors kind of like, you know, we, we just kind of bring the that. stories. I'm not sitting here. I'm not sitting here trying to crack any cases. Me. I'm just trying to bring attention to ones that you know maybe are not solved or don't get a lot of attention. But I'm never like, hey guys, I think I found something. I think that's what we do best. Yeah. Ask me. Yeah, I think we're we're, we're spotlighters. Yeah. You know, and I would never come here and be like, hey man, look, I don't want to brag, but I think I got something that the the detectives they don't they miss this, this one. This podcast would be over a long time ago. Yeah, because yeah. people would be like, you guys are wrong. You, you guys are terrible. getting giving people false hope yeah. and stuff. You know. That's not us, but um, yeah, I've been keeping an eye on this these Iowa murders, and I'm I'm glad that they got somebody in custody. And the guy, he definitely looks nuts. Yes. So uh, my money is on they got the right guy, but only time will tell. And uh, I'm gonna keep my shut my mouth shut about it until then, obviously. But uh, rest in peace to those four kids, man. College kids, a night of you know having fun, going out, eating some late night pizza and stuff, and it just ran into a monster. Yeah, I don't even know the full details. I just I don't even know the. I tried to. It's hard. It's, it's so new. It's so fresh right now. It's hard to find, like deep, exactly what deep happened. details, yeah, like a timeline of what happened. Yeah, yeah. It's it, and it's it, it's it's really sad, man. It's just so sad when people get snuffed out early in life, like kids, and then kids, college kids are still kids to me. Like if you're 17, 19 years old, you're still a kid because I remember being 17, 19 years old. Yeah. Like it's just you're so much left to do and so, so wide-eyed and hopeful yeah, and stuff and just to have that shit snuffed out is so fucking tragic and it's, it's hard to fathom really but um yeah well let's go ahead and get into these patreon shout outs before we get into the first of the fucked up shit of the new year that's right folks it's time for some patreon shout outs new year new shout out music we got tears of fear with shout um and we're gonna kick the hyphen well Brian, what do you think I'll go back to the celebration next week if you, if you think it's if you think it's ass. What is this like? This is eighties. It's eighties, yeah. It's eighties, eighties kind of yacht rocky type of you know. I mean, it's fine. It's, it will do today. It's not it's not it's not celebration though. Oh, All right, celebration might just it, sometimes you sometimes you try something you miss. You know, yeah. you try a new thing you miss. We're gonna yeah. ride it. We're gonna ride it up this nobody, week. No, everybody's going. They gonna, they, they gonna they gonna tear me up. I can tell. If you don't like it, uh, now all them they gonna they gonna take your side. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be a long day for me. Uh, okay, but uh, um, once again, guys, the uh, the Patreon exclusive virtual house party will be happening this month. We'll come with dates later on. It'll be probably towards the end of the month. But we're really excited to do another one of those. And again, like I said, be doing them um, every month is the is the plan. So we'll see how that goes. But we're really excited. 
We are going to start off with our shout outs with, uh, let's see, let me just make sure that I didn't miss anybody. Definitely said that one before. We're going to go, we're going to start off with Allison D. Shout out to Allison D. Uh, throw some D's on it. I believe it was a joke I said before, so some of these might be repeats, but hey, double shout outs. Uh, up next, we got Sunny G. Okay, that's a Sunny G. It's a Sunny Day. Sonny Liston, he boxed, right, friend? Hey, yeah. he's cool. Uh, up next, we got Rachel M. Shout out to Rachel. Rachel Harmony in the new year, bringing in all the Rachel, all the Rachel, all the Rachel, all the Rachel equality. Up next, we got Rachel again, possibly Rachelle. R-A-C-H-E-L-L. I'm going to go Rachelle. Uh, up next, we got Claire. Shout out to Claire. Not the store, even though they have really cheap earrings. I don't know why I said that like it's a compliment. Um, <laughs> they pierce babies' ears. That's great. That happens Careful. if you like to do that. Yeah, don't do that to your kids, man. Let them make their own decisions. Up next, we got Rebecca M. Shout out to Rebecca M. Becca, Becky, Bex, Reba. Is Re- Rebe? I don't know. It, maybe that's one that you could say for Rebecca. Is Reba just Reba? Is that her full name? You don't think that's short for anything? Ooh. Reba McIntyre. That's her whole name, right? Bro, I, I oh, you talking about Rebaz in short? Yeah, you know, that's just the name, right? I don't know. Yeah, that's right now. Oh, man. The mysteries of the universe. Up next, we got Nicholas B. Shout out to Nicholas B. Keep doing your thing out there. You look like you have a great mid-length haircut. Put that thing in the top knot. Up next, we got Jen M. Jen rhymes with M. That's dope. She's wearing sunglasses, which means she's like the party. See you at the virtual house party. See you later, Jen. Okay, up next, we got Crystal F. Crystal, keep doing your thing. Hey, this is also, this is through Christmas, New Year, so it's, this is an extensive list, so we're firing them off. Crystal, keep doing your thing. Crystal F, F you, no. Uh, what? What F is for fan, F is for friends who do stuff together. You is for you and me. Yeah, you know it. Up next, we got Robert R, double R, um, and uh, the fifth. <laughs> Robert R, the wow. fifth. Hey, man. It's too many. It's way too many. Don't <laughs> name your son Robert. It's done. It's been done. It's finished. It's dead. It ends with you. Up next, we got Brittany P. Brittany P. Love it. She's pushing P. Free thug. Yeah. Up next, we got Morgan. No last that's name. It. That's it. Shout out to Morg. Do your thing out that's there. That's it. That's all. That's it. That's all. Up next, we got Megan. We're going from Megan to Morgan to Megan. We're going from Morgan to Megan to Morgan again, but we're not going to move on from Megan that fast. Hey, Megan B. Hey, B. Like they say in New York, right? Hey, B. You do it. Doing it, son, B. You doing it, son, B. This is good New York, huh? Son, B. Hey, son. Hey, B. You shitting me, B? Up next, we got Morgan M. M M. Morgan M. Looks like she's wearing a turtleneck. Love it. Keep doing your thing. And lastly, we got a big shout out to Leah G. Okay, Leah G. Those are the first shout outs of the new year. We appreciate you all. Hope to see you all at the virtual house party. Yes. Um, again, I'm not really looking for much feedback for the, um, the, the, the new music, but it's welcome. I'm not going to change it. It it's, will be used. It will be used. Yes. So, hey, get over it. Or, hey, hit 15. Yeah. Hit 15 twice. Exactly. No, it's about 56 seconds. So hit 15 about four times. Bam, it's over. Yeah. But I think you're going to like it. That part was, it's affirmative. Murder. That, I mean, that. <laughs> shout, out to, shout out to Grand yeah, Ace man, one more fire. time, man. Again, follow him on everything. T-H-E-E-G-R-A-N-D-A-C-E on everything. Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. Uh, go to his, join his uh, mailing list on his website. Look for those vibes coming. His music is fantastic. Just a little example, he made us a song for our podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, can't do nothing. I think people, but like, I think people like it. Man. I think you people are going to love it. And then in the whip full of Oh, bit. my God, yeah. man. It's so fun when that beat drops. When yeah. I send it to you, what'd you say? 
I said, this is fire. Yeah, you said, this t- sounds like Cuddy made that. Like, it did. Yeah, he's like, like, it's got, it's got like, that oh, chill vibe, what? man. No, he nailed it. Did you hear right? You know that uh, that uh, Jay-Z gif? Yeah, he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just head bobbing <laughs> to it, man. No, he sent us some Lonely Stoner vibes for sure, yeah, man. Fire, man. I felt like the man on the moon. Yeah. But anyway, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some fucked up shit because it's been a while. So stick around. Welcome back. I am doing the first story of 2023. Yes. Um, my affirmative murder is about Ben Smart and Olivia Hope. Mm. So in, the, in December 1997, friends Ben Smart, who was 21 years old, mm-hmm. and Olivia Hope, who was 17, celebrated New Year's Eve at the, at the Ferno Lodge, located in the Endeavor Inlet of the Marlboro Sounds. Oh. With 1,500, by about 1,500 to 2,000 other party goers. So this is like big party. It's a big party. It's like a it's like a like this resort type. Got of, it. Got of, it. Got type it. Of, uh, Fireworks probably. Yes. Great display. Yes. By the way, this is this is in New Zealand. Well, oh, okay. Yes. Hope had traveled to the lodge with a group of a group on a chartered yacht, mm-hmm. which is called the Tamarack. Okay. While Smart had arrived separately, at about four o'clock a.m., the lodge bartender Guy Wallace drove Hope and Smart. Okay, so now they're together. At some point, they got together yes. at the party. Yes, in got his it. water taxi. Okay. To Tamarack, where the pair intended to sleep. Mm-hmm. When Hope and Smart found there were no vacant berths, also berths is a uh, is an enclosed cabin inside of the ship. Okay. When he found out there wasn't no uh, berths remaining on board Tamarack, they reboarded Wallace's water taxi. Uh-huh. So they went to this this yacht. I don't know how big this yacht was. Couldn't sleep there. Went, you know, all the rooms were taken. And they went, okay, well, we have to get back to land. Or right. we have to find, you know, some type of other sure. alternate. But we're getting situation. off the yacht and getting back on the water taxi. Right. To go find somewhere else to sleep. Exactly. Got it. At the time, Wallace had three other passengers on on board. Okay. Hayden Morrissey, Sarah Dyer, and a single man who would become crucial to the police investigation. Mm. The single man offered the pair a place to sleep. Okay. On what he said was his yacht. Mm. Again, they're on a water taxi. We don't know. We don't know this guy. Why is he on a water taxi if he has a yacht? That's my first question. Yeah. I mean, they could have, but he could have like, I don't know. Been fishing, see, fishing know, for victims. Or I don't know how big, I don't know what the, when they say yacht. Yeah. What's say a yacht? yacht Okay, I don't think a yacht is what we a dinghy think of what a yacht is. Yeah, I feel like a I yacht just, just be, means you can go be. inside, even if it's like yeah, a little yeah. little bit of a. Room. Or it could just be you know, a universal term for a boat. It could they over there they could just say true. We have a yacht. Hey, we have any nautical experts out there? What is the technical definition of a yacht? I remember one day you got on me. You were like, "That's a stretch." Whatever that thing is, you were saying one day. Oh, the like, limo. A, limo, a limo yes. is a. Whatever that was. Yeah. I was a right limousine there. is a type of Ford or whatever you said or something like that. It's like a Crown Vic type of sure. Lincoln type of Maybe that's model. the same thing as like a yacht is just a boat. But Could when be. I say yacht, I mean a vessel. Yes. Like it's got a bathroom and a, maybe Bedrooms a kitchen. And yeah, entertainment yeah. areas and all. A kitchen yeah. and chefs and shit. I, you, can lay I mean, on, yeah. you can lay on the front and like tan. Like there's like almost like a, a, a laying area. Maybe yeah. a net. To, to chill out in, that kind of thing. Like, it's a it's a lounge luxury thing. Exactly. Not yes. just a boat. Not just a boat. Right. So, again, the single guy, we don't know his name yet. On the water taxi. On the water taxi. Says, I have a yacht. Hey, I have a yacht. Do you guys, I, I overheard you guys don't have a place to sleep. Mm-hmm. Would you 
want to stay on my yacht join my yacht mm. sleep with you know and my it I sounds like this guy also sounds like he likes to party probably like he's like i mean i also have some molly like probably. we can i mean this is some it's, drinks it's four o'clock it's 4 a.m yeah you know it's new year's eve yeah, yeah so yeah. it's going you know it's freaky hours yeah man uh so wallace let smart and hope off with the single man at at the yacht yes and then dropped off the two other passengers at their batch so a batch is a uh, a small holiday in, the, in New Zealand. Uh huh. It's a small holiday house or beach house. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So like a shack. The, yeah. Sure. So let the two passengers off at their batch, uh, and this was the last time that you know anybody's seen uh, Mr. Smart and Miss Hope um, alive. Mm. So Ben Smart and Olivia Hope were reported missing on January second, nineteen ninety-eight. Again, it's New Year, so. Just, you know, I started, remember I started 1990, 1997. Yes. So now it's the new year, yep. mm-hmm. January 2nd. So they've been gone two days now. Um, initially, the Blenheim police treated the investigation as a missing persons case. Sure. But it soon became apparent that the disappearance was suspicious and out of character for the duo. Mm-hmm. Detective Inspector Rob Pope was appointed to take charge of the investigation on January 5th and almost immediately focused his attention on Scott Watson claiming publicly that Watson stuck out like dog balls. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I mean, yeah, okay. I, did, I never have heard that in my life. Me either. But uh, they, do pitched, they do stick out. They do stick out. They do stick out. They do. Wow. Yeah. Mm. One in front of another, they do stick out. Go yes. figure. Mr. Pope said that, you know, he stuck out. Like dog balls. Like dog balls. And had the right, the right sort of agenda and pedigree. Okay. So Watson had 48 criminal convictions. There we oh, go. There we go. Okay. There we go, right? You know some of them maybe, friend? Huh? Do you know some of them maybe? Uh, I do. Oh, please proceed. Uh, at the time, mainly from when he was a teenager. Okay. You know, so we have to cut him some slack. Yeah, everybody. You know? We all done a little shenanigans. But, it, it, you know, there's a point. <laughs> yeah. You cut you a couple slacks. You don't, get the, you don't get that long of a leash. No, 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 no. Uh, so he had burglary. No, that's already leash is done. Theft. Okay, yeah. Cannabis offenses, you know. Oh, that's that's, that's the first one that I that I can excuse. I agree. Being a thief is never okay. I don't care how old you are. Yes. Uh, t- <laughs> <laughs> I don't just let that go. Like, oh, he just did a little burglary. He just stole some. Yeah, he just stole skittles. some shit. Hey, oh, some, some skittles. All right, okay. You don't get a burglary charge for steal. That's like petty theft. We're in New Zealand. You know the laws in New that's Zealand. True. You know what? Hey, you know something? I'm not a New Zealand law expert. Right. Hey, you know we so? don't know hey, that. I take it back. They might chop your hand off. Hey, we hey, don't know. Fair point. We don't know. Uh, yes, yeah, so we had cannabis offenses, two counts of possessing an offensive weapon, mm. and one for assault when he was 16. He had been in prison for two short periods in 1889 and 1990. Watson had seem- seemingly reformed in his 20s. Maybe he did, did some good when he was, he was, he was away. Sure. Maybe not. Having just one conviction in eight years, leading up to 1998. Yes. So, man, he's been clean, man. He's been... Sure. Matured. He's matured, man. Yeah. He's, he's grown. So. Yes, of course. He got older. Just in New Zealand, just doing his thing. On January 8th, 1998, the police applied for a warrant to seize his boat, claiming without any evidence that the bodies or body parts of Hope and Smart may be on the boat. But they're calling it a boat. Yes. Mm. They're calling it a boat. That sounds like shade. Ford, yeah. <laughs> This is not a yacht. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a boat. Yeah, this is a boat. Four days later, the blade was lifted out of the water. 
late. with television and other media watching. So an investigation was named Operation Tam, short for Tamarack, and generated widespread interest from the public and media for months. It featured requests for information from the public, significant, significant numbers of interviews across the country, and, and months of extensive searches of the waters surrounding the Endeavor Inlet. Despite this, no bodies were ever found. Mm. So we don't have... No bodies. No bodies. So that means he walks. For now. For now. With little to go on, police began trying to determine the, ident- the identity of the unknown or mystery man that offered Ben and Olivia a place to sleep on his... Got night. it. No, okay, so the guy watching is the water taxi guy. Again. Because the, the names, they sound, to me, they sound the same. So okay. I, I get myself mixed up. Okay. Guy Wallace is the water taxi. Okay. Guy Wallace is guy the water Wallace taxi. Guy Wallace is the water taxi guy. The unknown man still is, is, named is Scott, Scott Watson. Watson. Got yes. it. So we were, the whole time, we, okay, got it, got it, got it, got Scott it. Watson. We were right the whole time. Yes. Got it, got it, got it. Guy Wallace is the water taxi driver. Got it. Police claimed that there were a number of descriptions of Scott Watson earlier in the night that were similar to the descriptions of an unknown man. These descriptions depicted Watson as having a scruffy look that night, saying he had wavy hair and needed a shave slash haircut. However, a photograph of Watson taken on the Mina Cornelia, Mina Cornelia Watt, where he parted before heading to the Fernal Lodge, shows him clean shaving with short hair. Mm. So it's not even the same type of person. Description. Yeah. The water taxi driver, Guy Wallace, told police and the media that he had dropped Smart and Hope off at a wooden catch. So a wooden catch is a, uh, a two-mast sailboat. Okay. Again, now we know that it's not a yacht. A boat. It's a sailboat. A sailboat. Two-mast sailboat. So, I mean, it has two, Flags, two t- right? tall pole thingy for the, the way to catch the, yeah, mm-hmm. the wind and shit. Well, I'll tell you like this, friend. I don't, I'm sure some nautical experts are going to call in or, you know, hit yeah. us up. But for me, my bare minimum for a yacht is an engine. If you I use wind power... Don't some sailboats have engines in them? They don't have. Don't they have as a backup? Isn't that a thing? Sure, but I don't know any yachts that have sails. Me either. That's what it's I'm. Not my, a that's my point. It's yeah, I, I guess a a boat a boat can have an engine. Yes, but a yacht can't have sails. Yes, just, just I don't believe that doesn't that. even make sense. No. Yeah. Um, I would agree. He doesn't. But we don't know what a yacht could mean. Yeah, somebody will let us know. Could be a sailboat could be just oh, yes. Yeah, what we call a sailboat? A yacht is just a generic term for a boat. Exactly. But Guy Wallace. But y'all know. But you know what you you know what people mean when they say yacht. That's know, the thing. Yes. When he said, "Would you like to spend the night on my yacht?" Yeah. He knows what they imagined. They didn't just imagine like some old some rinky. Yeah, thing but boat. how do we know that though? Fair. This is in New Zealand. These are not. They know. They know water. Yeah. They know water aquatics. Yeah, but also these are not uh, tourists. So it's like they don't know. It's not like they coming from the states and going like we thought it. We they think they thought a P. yacht Diddy. was P Diddy yacht. Thought a yacht. Yeah, they thought yeah. a yacht was this big, this big, huge. Luxury, that's what luxury I would think. Boat. That's what I would think too. Um, but they were dropped off at a catch, which is a two-mast sailboat. Mm-hmm. He described the catch as well-maintained, built of timber, with a thick blue stripe on the hull. So the hull is the the main body of the boat, mm-hmm. and several round portholes with brass uh, surrounds. Portholes are the little windows, so they do have like a little, yeah. So there's, a, there's an under part. There's an under part. Yeah, they have little windows. In yeah. It. Okay, maybe so you can go in it. Maybe, maybe you can sleep in quarters. There's sleeping quarters. Maybe that's what qualifies as a, a sleep, yacht. Going, going uh, you below have deck. You have a window. 
Got it. Would it be considered a yacht? Maybe. And when they were spitball. Oh, I put a window in it. So, so I, can, I can call it a yacht. Call it a yacht. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is very 300C <laughs> in, uh, Phantom type of thing. Yeah. Like, you know, it sounds good, but until when P. Diddy rolls by and his yacht, it's not a yacht. Your, your boat's not a yacht anymore. Yes. So I have uh, some other things to clear up as well. Mm-hmm. Watson's boat, his name, the name of the boat is called Blade. Oh, and that wasn't a knife. A knife found in the water. It's a knife. It's not a knife. The the ship. Watson's boat. The whole boat was found. I don't think it was found. No, no, it wasn't found. I think they just probably, you know, it was probably abandoned or something. Got it, got it, got it. it. Uh, Also, side note, I, I, I am, I do enjoy boat names. Yeah, yeah. The sweet very, lady. I love being oh, very yeah, creative. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. Most of them that I see, mm-hmm. oh, that's, that's a great name. Yeah. Tax deduction. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. Hey, yeah. that could be Mattress Max boat. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, <laughs> if you heard the beginning of yeah. this. So. Might be a Mattress Max original. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so Watson's boat blade was very different to the one Wallace described. It was 26 feet long, still sloop with one mast. I mean, it only had one little sail with mm-hmm. it. No portholes, no oh. window, mm-hmm. and didn't sorry, and did not have a blue stripe. Hmm. This is not the That's, same. Yeah, it's not the same boat. It's not. It's not the same yacht. It's too many whatever. not. Too many things that weren't in the description. Yes, witnesses to these events, Hayden Morse, who was on the uh, water taxi, mm-hmm. told the court that the boat he saw Olivia and Ben get onto with that unidentified man was not Watson's uh, sloop blade. Mm. Police analyzed thousands of photos taken on New Year's Eve and interviewed all the boat skippers there, but un- but were unable to corroborate Wallace's reports of a catch in the Endeavor Inlet that night. At the trial, Crown also claimed that the police eliminated every one of the other 176 yachts identified in the vicinity at the time as the vessel which the two victims boarded after being dropped off by Guy Wallace's water taxi. Right. Back to the crown. That's just the authority of the government. Right, right, way. sure. So they identified, you know, all these people, all these other yachts, and was like, none of these, like, matched yeah. from the information that we know. Um, from Wallace. Yes, from Wallace. So Detective Pope stated that the police were fairly certain that the catch did not exist. Mm. However... A number of witnesses who came forward with sightings of a two-mass catch said their statements were not followed up with and were told the information was not wanted. Oh. That's rude. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, And we've heard this before where it's like people come. We got it. We got it. Mm-hmm. And they have, you know, some legitimate, you know. They have a suspect uh, that they're like, yes, we're going to make this. Or bring it to their attention. Like, hey, maybe you should check this. Yeah. Go, ah, we got it. Don't worry about it. Don't be a counsel detective. We'll handle it. Let the professionals handle it. Yeah. Former Detective Mike Chappelle, who worked on the case, later claimed officers were told not to follow up with sightings of two masked catches. So mm-hmm. if it was multiple, don't even, don't worry about it. Yeah. Despite the initial, the initial publicity and search for a two masked catch, police seized Watson's comparatively small sloop blade and from then on focused their investigation on him. I might have missed this, but why... Is Watson the guy, the mystery guy that was on the That's boat? That's his name. But, but they, but they don't know him, yet. They but still they call, keep, right. They still call him an identified man because like. To the public. Also, yeah. Also, we haven't. 
we haven't zoomed in on well we they have but they can't say okay this is the guy got it okay right. i'm just making sure you're yeah. saying you're calling him watson now knowing the full story yes. but at the time of the investigation right. they were calling him a suspect or an unidentified the, the person. single identified man got it yeah. okay i was just making sure yeah. okay a report by mike white said a public demonization of watson began with police often doing little to stop rumors about him that began swirling also that became a whole thing about them putting out information on this person and it's like they don't even know if it's him yet. Yeah, and but now people get to speculate, right? And then the media get the public gets behind it and like, no, his name, his boat's name was the Blade. He's clearly a murderer. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So rumors about the Watson family began to swirl in the small town of Picton, as well as in national media. Police obtained warrants to tap the phone lines of Watson and his associates from February until his arrest. An investigative an investigation known as Operation Selp. Police recorded 70 plus hours of Watson's phone conversations. And now it's like they try and whatever they can to, to be like, this Convict, is our guy. You're convicted. And to bring him in. Mm-hmm. So they recorded 70 plus hours of Watson's phone conversations and persuaded his former girlfriend to ask him potentially incriminating questions. They flipped her? Yeah, man. Damn. I mean, well, they're not together anymore. So Oh, former girlfriend. Okay. Former girl. uh, well, it could be now. I don't know if it's then. Probably, right? I wouldn't talk I to know. my ex about if I murdered somebody. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't right. talked in like three years and you yeah. come and try to ask me some, you keep putting your chest out. Like, so what, what'd you say? Are you holding your shirt? Like what? You wouldn't have to be an idiot not to pick, yeah. to pick, to pick that up. Right. Just come over to start asking really incriminating right. questions. Well, it was on the phone. So, but whatever, yeah. but still if we having a conversation about something random and you go like, you know, you know anything about those murders that yeah. happened? Like what? So at his trial, the jury heard 40 minutes of edited conversations. Now, this case, to me, seemed like it was going towards what they usually do to, you know, uh, previous stories that we've done. You know, the uh, what is it? The Brooklyn, what is it? The uh, Central Park Five. Central Park Five. Those type of stories where it's, it's like. not what you know, it's what you can prove. Yes. They can like, manipulate yeah, things. Yeah, so it's like we've aimed in on this guy and now we. Make a stick. To, we're going to make a stick. Because they recorded 70 hours of phone calls yes. and boiled it oh, down Oh, they did some 40. other shit, too. Yes, they did some other shit. So at his trial, the jury heard 40 minutes of edited conversations. Uh-huh. Again, they recorded Out of 70, 70 plus hours, hours yeah. of conversation. Watson was described by a police representative as a smug during these conversations, but never said anything to indicate he was involved. Later, Watson would accuse police of influencing media coverage of the case, suggesting he was guilty. He said the police followed and intimidated members of his family and alleged he had an incestuous relationship with his sister. It's like, wow. what the fuck does that? Yeah, damn. What is, what is, and that's what he's this, sick. And that's the shit they was put on the media. He's just a sick guy. Yep. Clearly, this is the guy. Gerald Hope, Gerald Hope, Olivia's father, has also asserted, which was, this was, this part was a little bit, you know, just, I wasn't used to hearing something like this. Mm-hmm. Olivia's father has also asserted that the police deliberately leaked details of Watson's criminal history and were responsible for the um, unsubstantiated suggest- suggestions of incest. So he was like, he didn't like how they were. This is the victim's father saying Right, this. he didn't like how the, the, uh, the police were putting out this information to the public about this guy. But I'm gonna get, I'll am gonna i say it later, but That's interesting. Ben Smart's family was like, Hey, they, they're doing their job. They, <laughs> they, this is, you know, this is the process of like 
she didn't feel like, or he, or you know, her dad didn't it. feel like it was cool to put that out there because what right. does that have to do with the case? Exactly, it feels it feels a little nasty. Or they're not doing, they're not doing, you know, they're not doing the, the steps they should be to try to find my daughter's killer. They aiming in. I think he feels that they yeah. was. They they're not trying to guy. solve a case. They're trying to make this guy look like. Exactly. The, yeah. Yeah. So Guy Wallace also said he felt tremendous pressure from the police and the media. Again, that's the taxi driver. Mm-hmm. He was interrogated by the detectives from Christchurch CIB, which is a uh, Christchurch is a large city in South Island of New Zealand. New Zealand, and CIB is the Criminal Investigation Branch, mm. who suggested he was somehow responsible for the disappearance of Hope and Smart. Wow! As a result of the uh, accusations against him by the police, some locals began treating him with suspicion. Now, this guy is a water taxi driver who has to. Running social all the time. Yeah, yeah. You got to talk to people. If they don't want to ride on your water taxi, you're not gonna make any money. Exactly. People he knew began to think he was guilty and shunned him. He said that the initial stages of the investigation, the police were desperate to arrest someone, and it, it could easily have been him. He said that I know in my heart, my heart of hearts, if he wasn't in there, I'd be, I'd be doing time. So he's saying that if they didn't have a person, it would be, it'd me. be me. He said it was just that simple. Yeah. So when police turned their focus on Watson, they showed him Scott Watson's photo at least three times. So now this, this is a little technique they're trying to use. Yeah. Right? Each time he said Watson was not the mystery man he had served drinks to in Forno Lodge. In 2007, Wallace told investigative journalist Mike White, I feel I've been treated unfair by the cops. As far as I'm concerned, Scott's innocence always has been. The water taxi guy don't think he did it. Yeah. He thinks they have the wrong they have the wrong guy. Right. In 2015, Wallace told Stuff, which is a Stuff is a New Zealand news media website, that for years afterwards, he was haunted by his involvement in the case and that he felt responsible for sending Watson to prison. He said the case had a huge impact on his life. In March 2021, he died in a in a suspected suicide. Wow. So whatever this, whatever, you know, weighed, weighed heavy on it me. fucked him up, right? On April 20th, 1998, Wallace was shown a photo montage containing eight different shots. And one of these shots, Scott had his eyes half closed in the middle of blanking. Remember that. The, identi- the unidentified man on the water taxi had been described as having hooded eyes. Based on this blank photo, Wallace picked Watson as the single man on the water taxi. Does that mean like puffy? Hooded eyes? Hooded, like they just was low. Yeah. Like just low, mm-hmm. low eyes. So did Roz McNeely, the bar manager who had served drinks to the unknown man at Forno Lodge. Neither Wallace or McNeely were shown the photo of Scott Watson taken on the Mina Cornelia yacht, which shows him clean shaved with short hair. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole, it's, it's, They've shown three different photographs. They're saying that, you know, uh, they got a description that he had hooded eyes. Yeah. They show him a photo of him having hooded eyes. Closed eyes. Yeah. yeah. So they, they can go, okay, well. This is the guy. This is the guy. Plus if they go, yeah, that was him. That's, you know. So based on these identifications, Watson was arrested for the murders in the early hours of June 15th, 1998, about five months after the pair were reported missing. Subsequently, both Wallace and McNeely recanted and stated that the police deceived them with the blank photo. 
Mm. They took a photo of him blanking. Yeah. And said, in the middle of him blanking, it said, His oh, eyes this is the guy. This is the guy that had the hooded eyes, right? Yeah. Damn. Knowing he's blinking. Knowing he's blinking. But, you know, that's the... That's, that's how this you work. That's the games you can play. That's crazy, man. Yeah. That's wild. So the trial, which attracted considerable media attention, commenced on June 10th, 1999, and concluded when the verdicts were delivered on September 11th, 1999. The Crown called approximately 488 witnesses. Olivia Hope's father... Gerald had felt that much of the prosecution case was pure threat. I'm sorry, pure theater focused on emotional manipulation of the jury. After the trial was over, Gerald Hope also went, also went to inspect the blade when it was in storage. So the dad like this shit is a, this shit is a mess. I guess kind of trying to take it into his own hands by him going to search the boat on his own. He felt it unlikely that Ben and Olivia Olivia could have been locked in a cabin of such small size, nor that Olivia would have entered the cabin if she needed somewhere to sleep. Mm-hmm. So he was like, "My daughter is not sleeping in the cabin. Wouldn't sleep in this this, this cabin." Mm-hmm. Ben Smart's mother, Mary, disagreed with Gerald Hope. We think differently. As far as we are concerned, it was a fair trial. It was fair and a just trial. The prosecution claimed the blade left its docked Endeavor Inlet docked at Endeavor Inlet probably before 6 a.m. on New Year's Day with Ben and Olivia's body that Watson dumped them into Cook Strait returned to Erie Bay and lied about the time he arrived. Is Cook Strait like another bearing of another body of water? I think so, yes. Okay. Uh, A number of witnesses testified they saw the boat at different times during the day. Another witness said that the blade arrived in Erie Bay shortly after 5 p.m. And that's of New Year's Eve. And when it arrived, Mr. Watson was the only occupant. So no, so then New Year's Day. Yes. Okay. So then they are they're saying this in this theory they saw the boat at five p.m. and nobody else was on the boat. But him. But him. Yes. Got it. So we coming up on now we getting into like the forensic part, which is probably my favorite part of mm-hmm. you know of cases. So Watson's boat blade was seized by police on January twelfth, January twelfth, nineteen ninety eight, and subject to a forensic examination. Police found a blanket on the vessel mm-hmm. from which a number of human hairs were later recovered. It was claimed at the trial that two of the 400 hairs found on the blanket matched Olivia Hope's reddish, reddish gold hair type. So they don't, they didn't say it, it was, was it. her. They said it was same color, same color. Exactly. Susan Vattner, a forensic biologist testified in court that one hair was matched to Olivia Hope through DNA testing. The hair evidence was considered strong enough at the trial to overcome the uncertainty around the identification of Scott, Scott Watson and the mystery man by Guy Wallace and Rose McNeely, who now felt who now felt that they had been misled by the police. So n- now they can place her on the boat confidently. Not yet. So at subsequent appeals by Watson, his counsel questioned the chain of custody regarding the hair, mm. suggesting Foul that play. Susan, who was the forensic biologist, may have mixed up the hair samples by examining known hair from Olivia on the same table at the same table and day as she examined the samples taken from the blade. Mm, that's a big mix up. Or on purpose. Go ahead. Or on purpose. Yeah. Defense also pointed out that there were there was a one centimeter hole in the evidence bag containing Olivia's hair. 
which added to the risk of contamination. Mm. Ventner testified at trial that that cross-contamination is an explanation that needs to be considered. The accuracy of hair testing has been questioned by other experts during appeals in the years following Watson's trial and remains controversial. So they found a hair, but they couldn't match it, and then all of a sudden they found a hair and it was a match. Yes. So that's a little... So questionable, but not, I don't know. It's not strong enough. Yeah. I also don't know much about hair testing. You know what I mean? Because right. yeah. there's some of those, some of those uh, expert witnesses, some of that tech is bullshit. Yeah. Like, te- not bullshit. I don't want to say bullshit, but there's questionable about like teeth uh, print evidence. Also, this stuff. is in 1999, 1998. Things have come a long way. Yes. Yeah. So, so let's it keep was that like, in mind too. Right. Exactly. I don't know today as it stands how accurate hair uh evidence is i don't know it might be 100 percent accurate yeah but maybe it wasn't in 1998 right part of the crown case was that watson cleaned the blade to remove all evidence and that ben and olivia had been on board the only fingerprints found belonged to scott and his sister sandra joe who went sailing with her brother for a few days in the in the new year before the boat was seized by police watson said he had cleaned the boat due to sea spray from a rough trip from the north island shortly before new year's eve Maybe, but it Maybe. looks bad. It does look it a little bad. suspicious, it but it's like, I could be telling it, but we just don't know. I don't live that boat life. Maybe boats get dirty and you got to clean them. Maybe that's like a uh, uh, a very known ritual that you that's do. That's a perfectly normal to, thing, but you can make it. You can spin bad, it. It's bad timing. And you can spin it. Yes. If you're trying to make you look guilty, it's like this, this yeah. thing was full of evidence yeah. and he cleaned it yep. right before we seized it. So the jury was shown scratches on the interior foam lining of the hatch cover on Watson's boat, which the Crown, now this one, this one is a little, uh, so the Crown claimed, which the Crown claimed were made with human fingernails by someone trying to get out. However, the hatch was not lockable from the outside, and their positioning meant they could only have been made when the hatch was open. Mm. Watson and his sister maintained maintained the scratches had been made by Watson's niece. That's, exp- I mean, a door that doesn't lock, why would you be scratching and try to get out? Exactly. Exactly. But, but why? You can make what, it look, you can make it look. Yeah. But it's like, why? So, what's the reason why your niece was scratching on the, on the, uh, the lining of the cabin or whatever inside? I don't, I don't know. I don't have kids. You have kids. Don't kids just do dumb shit? Might have had a key in her hand, scratching it could up. Be, just, you know what I mean? Kids just be, do dumb shit. Be. Now, my favorite. Okay. And it's A and B. Mm-hmm. Prison witnesses. Prison, oh, prison, oh. The jury, <laughs> the jury he heard. Told me, he told me everything. Yeah, the jury heard from two prison prisoners whose names were suppressed. They claimed they met Watson in prison mm-hmm. when he was on, on trial, right? When he was on remand and said he told them he was responsible for Ben and Olivia's disappearance. Mm-hmm. After John Goutler described the evidence of witness A and B as bombshells and said it had a dramatic impact. However, witness A subsequently admitted to a number of lawyers and the NZ Herald that he lied in court. Sure. At the time, he was receiving death threats from a gang member and coming up and coming up for parole. Mm. Police and police visited him (laughs) at least 10 times over a year. Come on. Leading up to the trial and pressured him into making false accusations in his testimony. Witness A said he chose to help the police and hope they will be able to save him. 
Witness B said he and Watson interacted on numerous occasions and, be- and became good friends in Addington Prison. In fact, uh, Witness B was never in the same cell as Wat- Watson and had little opportunity to develop any close friendship with Watson such that a convers- such that a confession might be made. Yeah. It was later revealed that on his release from prison, this witness was granted the use of a car and cell phone for his testimony by police. Come on, man. Every time. Every time. That might be the most unreliable piece of evidence in a trial ever is a prison witness. I'm sure it happens. I'm sure people yeah. just do tell you stuff. People are dumb. But it's like most of the times when we do these stories, the prison witness is like, oh, he told me everything while we were lifting weights. Yeah. He told me. And it's like, it's just too home run. Well, this is the first time I've heard. Well, not the first time, but this is you, lately I've been hearing that just a random guy was like, yeah, I met him. <laughs> Another guy was like, you know, A was like, police, the pol- I said I knew him. Was, I knew something. And yeah. the police was just like, let's just go with it. Yeah. Just tell us what we want to hear from you. And we give you fucking um, a car and the phone car and the phone and. And then the guy, Witness B, was like, I, I, I don't even know. I've never even seen this. <laughs> I don't know anything. Let me see the dude. Never even I heard of him. They just told out. me his name. I was trying to get out. <laughs> I ain't going to sit up here and lie. I was trying to get out. <laughs> so Watson was convicted of the murders in September 1999 after an 11-week trial and sentenced to life imprisonment with a minimum non-parole period of 17 years. Mm. Watson told the jury, you're wrong, when the verdict was read uh, out in court. Damn. In 2015... He said he never met Ben and Olivia and has continued to insist he is innocent since conviction. So do you think they got the right guy? I don't think they have enough. I, my, but my thing is, like, if it wasn't him, then my I go back to the water taxi guy who killed himself. Yeah, man. You I know, don't... he sounded pretty torn up about this whole thing. Torn up enough to end your, Well, we don't know if that. We, that's speculation. Right. Yeah, yeah. But he's not alive anymore. It played a, it played a part in it. And he's think. mentioned, you know, over the years, he had mentioned about how he this didn't sit well with him. He didn't feel like they had the right guy. These sound like the things of like a guy who doesn't want to come forward and take responsibility, but may know more than he's saying. Who got wireless? The taxi, the taxi driver. Yeah. yeah, where he's like, I'm just saying, I don't think he's the guy. And it's really affected my so life. you think he did That's Yeah. I'm saying, I'm know. saying if I don't believe it's... Yeah, so their names are similar. Yeah. Not Guy Wild. If it's not Watson, Watson yes. If I'm saying if I'm saying I don't think it's Watson, yeah. Then I have to believe it's the guy who was the last person that saw them, who was the water taxi guy. I don't know, man. Like I mean, unless they found some other place to stay that night, it was late. You could run into some creepy people in the four o'clock in the morning. But like the taxi driver saying I dropped them off, and he's saying Watson saying I never met these people. Wallace is saying he heard them strike up a conversation where he invited them to his boat. Hold on, say it again, because now you got me confused. Watson. Watson. Was the guy on the boat, right? Yeah, Watson is the guy they think who did it. Wallace said the taxi he heard them. Somebody said we, he, he invited them back to his boat. No, Wallace right. said that, right? right? I, heard the, I heard him invite them back to his yes, boat, and yes. then I dropped them off at his boat. Right. That's what he said, right? Yeah. So if Watson's saying, I never even spoke to these people. And Wallace is saying, oh, I heard them struck up a conversation where he invited them to sleep over at his house yeah. or his houseboat or whatever the fuck. Those are drastically different scenarios. I honestly don't think they, they have a clear um, identification on this guy. It was late. And I don't know. The shave, I don't know, the I don't know, the I don't know what the, the, the lighting on the boat looks like. 
this this guy is a taxi. I don't know what the, the so water you're saying. Taxi so you're, like. saying, you're saying you're saying Watson could have rode that water taxi. Probably did ride that water taxi, but he may not be the the guy. I'm saying that I don't because they don't because the the identity of this person is it's not it's not concrete. Got it. So, like I said, I don't know what the water taxi looks like. Sure, he's a driver. I don't. He can't. See, I don't know what the setup on the boat look like. Right. I don't know what the lighting is. I don't know if where he sits is shut off and it's has four o'clock in the morning. It's four o'clock in the morning. Can yeah. he just hear the conversation behind him? Yeah. And he was like, "Yeah, there was a guy that." And Wallace is and, and Wallace is just saying, or Watson is just saying, "I did take a water taxi to that boat." Yeah. And then back to a boat. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily mean it was me. It, it was me it on was the me. Wallace. It, it could have been another guy that was on the boat. Yeah. Because he's saying I never met them before. Exactly. The guy so somebody said, invited right. them back to a boat that night. And that's what I'm saying though. He could him being the driver of this water taxi. He could have just heard the conversation. He could have just heard the conversation behind him, thought it was this guy, and it was like and they, they found but him. But like, one thing I missed, I might have missed is okay. did his boat fit the description that the tax water taxi guy gave? The blade? The blade. Does the blade have a stripe and a and a Well, they said it was they said his boat blade was a two mast boat. But they uh, event they um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they eliminated all the two mass catches boats, right. and it was all single mass boats. Got it. So that's when it was like, but the that, one that, but the two mass description was from was, the taxi guy. Yes, they was like it was a two mass with a hole with a window, and in his it. wasn't that. And his wasn't that. It was a one mass with no hole in it, with no window. Yes, okay. So, and they couldn't find any boats that fit that description, right? They, I think they, I think they did, but the ones that maybe it was like it wasn't, it, it wasn't, wasn't his boat one. exactly. But okay. there was a there was a boat they found that they seized and my, searched. My here's my stance. I don't think it was him. I don't think. And it was now him. after we talked it out again, it's possible that it wasn't the water taxi guy either. And they just there was a guy on the boat, his boat that night, who who invited them back to a boat, and they never found that guy. There's think, a there there's a chance there's a third guy, mystery guy. I think there was. I think it was. I don't know. I think maybe it was one more person. One that more he person. couldn't see because you don't. We don't know what he look. Is it a rear view look, mirror? Is there a rear view mirror exactly, on a boat? Like know. how was he? Think so. Yeah. Well, why would you need that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to parallel park yeah. your boat? <laughs> yeah, man. I don't. I I just don't think it was him. That's tough. I don't, I don't think, think they so have either. enough evidence to put on this guy to say it was him. That you're wrong is strong. That you're wrong is like you guys fucked up. Like that to be your last words when you get convicted feels. Strong. And for the guys, I'm sorry, for Olivia's father, Smart's father to go, I think they fucked yeah, up. I don't know why they're, why they're making him out to be a, um, um, what is that, incestuous person. Like, why is that coming up? You know, yeah. like, they're just trying to make him look as bad as possible as so bad people as possible. accept that he's guilty. Yes. And, his, and her father saw that. Yeah, man. I don't, I don't know. That's so. tough. Huh. Well, he's eligible for parole. Yeah. So, he's been eligible for parole for about six years now. He may be out now. He could be. I don't could know. Be. Damn. I don't. Well, just because you're been, eligible, yeah, you know, doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean you get it. Yeah, man. It was that was. I was like, hmm. I just, it's one. It's one of the story where I came out and was like, I don't know about. It. I just don't. Yeah. That's I didn't finish reading the story and went. Oh yeah, it was him. It yeah. was definitely him. I don't. Yeah, I feel the same way. So I don't know. That's tough, man. The yeah, guy man. ending his life is a tough one where I'm like, ah. like but I don't know if it, that doesn't mean we don't know. Him. Yeah. We don't know if it that was doesn't that. mean it was him, but he, it, it, life, he strongly life was like, you know, if it wasn't him, it was me. If that's they didn't so find weird. him you know and put it on, it was feels me. weird. To and he said it was, I don't think it was him. Yeah. 
Some is missing. He was too intent on like this guy is innocent. Yeah, for him. And if it was if it wasn't him, I would have been the suspect. For him and the bartender know? to go, I'll take back. I'll take back what I said, because the police tried to like you know manipulate, manipulate them in a way. Yeah, I think that's a big deal. Yeah, and they tried to they they tried these like, little tricky little photo shit. But that the the, the hooded eyes when I went, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The scratches on the door. They had a lot of they had a lot of flimsy evidence, and at the end of the day, they never found the bodies. They never Correct? found the bodies. Never found, but they had DNA. They had the hair, but also they had the public behind. Yeah. This was go. purely this was purely like <laughs> yeah. a, a court of public opinion yeah. conviction because there's no bodies. They no. found some strawberry blonde hair. Like how many strawberry blonde people live in New Zealand? Probably a lot. And then all of a sudden, the hair they, they the hair did match. They did find a hair that matched, and all that stuff. It's a little shaky, especially for there to be no bodies. Yeah, like for there to be no bodies, none. There's not enough was evidence. Sea, so they gone. If they didn't find it by now, I don't know. I mean, no, they're gone. Yeah. If they if they were dumped in the water, yeah, they're gone. But my point is, like, with no bodies, this there's not a lot of strong. Right. Damning exactly. evidence. That's why I'm like for the damning know. evidence to be, or the, the bombshell that was said in your when you said bombshell, <laughs> the witnesses, the, witnesses, yeah. the, prison, the witnesses prison witnesses who yeah. recanted also and were like, "Nah, man, I just wanted a phone. I just wanted to get out." How does that? I mean, he should be out. I would have appealed that immediately. Absolutely. I'm like, these are the two characters, like the star witnesses, are two people who are in prison and said they lied. Yeah. Come on, that first guy was like in danger of dying. <laughs> He's like, get out, say whatever you want me to say. Just move me to another unit. The gang is after me. I need to get out. Move me somewhere else. I get out in six months. Just move me somewhere else. I'll I'll say whatever you want me to say. I had to use it. They had to say, oh, shit, we got to. It's 10 times in a year? Wow. That's a lot of like, so you saw this, right? Yeah. So I think you want to say it like this. Yep. Yep. That's a lot of coaching that could happen. I don't know, man. That's tough. But that was a good story, man. Jeez, way to kick off the new year. Well, rest in peace to Olivia Hope and uh, Ben Smart. And Ben Smart. Yeah. Um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, it's my turn to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, and we are back. My first affirmative murder of the new year is the story of John Milton Osby. He also went by Abdul Jahan Muhammad, and he also went by Goliath. So um, my story starts with uh, two women named Sharon Tapp and Sherry Fromm. Uh, Sharon and Sherry were from Australia. They were tourists traveling together in the D.C. area. Sharon was 22 and Sherry was 24 years old, friend. One of Sharon's parents managed a swimming pool in Dubbo, New South Wales, which is in Australia. Okay. And so, we're yeah, our stories are kind of close to yeah. each other. And Sherry's father was a police officer in, uh, in uh, Gympie or Gympie which is in Queensland, which is also in Australia. Uh, they arrived in the U.S. on in June of 1971 for an extended holiday, which a holiday is just like another word for vacation. Yeah. Euro, Euro people call that uh, vacations holidays. Uh, they were living together in an apartment in D.C., and the apartment was near the embassy area. So in D.C., there's like, you know, all these consulates and stuff where people from other nations can come and seek asylum or, okay. you know, get advice or whatever the fuck they do. You know? Yeah. Like, so their apartment was near the embassy area. So they were found shot in the head and killed in the apartment. Mm. So the dates vary, but this was somewhere around uh, Halloween, like between the 29th and the, the 29th of October and 
uh, November 2nd, but November 2nd is closer to the day that they were found. So it's more likely that it was like the 29th or the 30th that they were, the, that the, the killing took place. Okay. Um, so their bodies weren't found until five days after they were killed. Keep that in mind. Um, Sharon and Sherry. Just put a pen in that. We're going to now move over to Deborah Noel. So Deborah Noel was a 21-year-old secretary who also lived in an apartment near the embassy area of D.C. as well. She returned to her home after two weeks of, of being away from it while she was staying with her mother, Charlotte, on a chilly night in mid-December of 1971. So she got home around 5 p.m. with the intention of making dinner for her boyfriend, who was also her boss, named Richard Eckroyd. So she got off work around 5 p.m. She gets home and with the intention of cooking, and a neighbor heard screaming at her apartment at around 5.45 p.m. Richard left work around 5.25 p.m. And arrived at her apartment around 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. And when he knocked on, the, on Deborah's door, there was no answer. He knocked again and heard a scream followed by a gunshot. Mm-hmm. Richard was assisted in getting into her apartment by the maintenance man. So he and the maintenance man entered into the home and they found Deborah in her bedroom on her bed, naked from the waist down with her dress pulled up above her, pulled up above her waist and down under her breasts. Um, there was a pair of stockings that were used to tie up her wrists and her neck and the maintenance man phoned an ambulance, even though it was too late because Deborah was already deceased. Okay. Yeah. One of three bedroom windows was open. She was shot in the temple from close range by an assailant who got in through that window Mm. in the apartment. Investigators found a single usable fingerprint of the suspect, the bullet that killed the victim Mm -hmm. and hairs of unknown origin. Two footprints were found in the alleyway under the open window, as well as three scented oil vials, like fucking, like like oil, like, you know, essential oils, like patchouli oil and fucking shit like that. So they found three of those scented oil vials outside of the window of the apartment, but oil vials were also found in the apartment, as well as a stick of chapstick and a key. Okay. They didn't retrieve any fingerprints off of the chapstick, and it wasn't really made clear what the key was was for. Mm Mm-hmm. The key didn't have any use, but it was found in the apartment. The maintenance man also noted to detectives that while he was in the apartment, he saw that the kitchen door, which was in an external service entrance, which for people who might not be familiar with some apartments, um, there might be, if you don't have a patio, sometimes kitchens have a back door so you can get out and there might be like, you know, your water heater or like things to take care of. So you might live on the second or third floor of of an apartment, but your kitchen might have a back door. So you can get out there and there might be some stuff for the, the meter, like the water oh, meter okay, and stuff you. like that. Like yeah, yeah. it's for it's not to go anywhere. It's just to go out and check some stuff that's on the outside of the building. OK. You know, yeah, um, it's not necessarily a fire escape or anything like that. But there was something back there because he got in through a window. So I, I don't know what floor she lived on. But what he noted, what he noted about this back, this what he noted about this kitchen door was that it was closed, but it was unlocked. And there was a few scrape marks below the kitchen doorknob. Mm. So it was closed, but it wasn't locked. So, but the, so was it forced entry or? Well, we don't. I don't know because oh. there also was a window that was open, and they kind of gone with that theory that that's where he came in at because they found stuff outside of the window below it. They found oils and a key and uh, I mean they found oils and footprints. Yeah, but he also that was just something the maintenance man noticed that this door was unlocked. So on late December sixteenth of nineteen seventy two. John Osby checked into the Greenwich Hotel in New York, which was kind of like a rundown, kind of shabby hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, 
On the evening of the 17th, which was the next day, the manager was called to his floor around 6 p.m. to to answer to reports of a disturbance between guests. The manager found Osby talking to thin air about people bothering him. Uh Osby threatened these people who, you know, we don't know who they are. They maybe maybe they were there and then they weren't when the manager got there, but he was talking to nothing. So he was threatening these people and he was flashing a 357 on his hip. Mm, so he was saying, like, you know, if, yeah. So he's saying, you know, I'm gonna take care of some shit if these people keep messing with me. But it's yeah. like, what people? Who what about them? Yeah, it's like, yeah. But this guy, we got an uh, also shout out to our uh, you know, our many sold uh podcast, Tales from the Hood. We got an email from somebody that said, you know, they were held hostage by a person who was going through some mental problems, or they weren't shit. held they but they were pretend they yeah. thought they were, but they knew the person. And she said, I just played along. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, the manager, yeah. the manager uh, was like, "Okay, sir. Yeah, of course. We'll get these people are bothering you. We'll get you. Uh, we'll move you." So the manager offered to get Osby a new room and helped him move into the room. Then after he got him settled, he immediately went downstairs and called the police. Yeah. So I was like, "Yeah, no, I'm sorry. You know, we get all kind of crazy people in here. Sorry about that. We're gonna move you. Get you a new room. Accommodate him. Yeah. Get him settled in. Call the police. Go along with it. Yeah. Yep. So Osby was arrested. He was charged with drug and gun possession. And the gun was alleged to be the one used in the murders. Keep in mind, I told you in the case of, of Deborah Noel, a bullet, the bullet that killed her was retrieved from the scene. Right. So there's evidence that, you know, the gun that he has on him is the gun that was used in at least one of these murders. Mm-hmm. So um, he's charged with drug and gun possession. And then it is he's also accused of being involved in a string of murders as well. So he was also in possession of a vial of oil. The same kind as the one found at Deborah's apartment. Mm-hmm. And um, he was being held under his alias, which was uh, Abdul Jahan Muhammad. Okay. So they didn't know. So this also keep that in mind. He was arrested and that was the name he gave them was his uh, Muslim name. Gotcha. I guess. Um, so he's being held under that alias while while um, authorities were trying to connect him as their suspect. The, the authorities in D.C. to the other murders that they were trying to solve. Yeah. So right now he's in New York. He gets arrested for flashing a gun at a hotel. Mm-hmm. They arrest him. He tells them, my name is Jahan Abdul Muhammad. So he's being held under that. Meanwhile, D.C. is trying to t- tie together these string of murders that took place in D.C., the, 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 the authorities in D.C. Okay. So we got three dead women, and we think that the guy responsible for this is John Milton Osby. Gotcha. But John Milton Osby isn't in D.C. They don't know where he is. He's in the wind. But he's their suspect, right? Yeah. So on January 4th, 1972, it was reported that John Osby had been named as a suspect in the murders of Deborah, Sherry, and Sharon. In the announcement, they said that they, he was wanted for questioning. It continued that he was known to wear African clothes and a fez. So, I mean, I don't know if those are, if he's a Muslim, but he, you know, his, he, has a new, he has a different alias for religious reasons. Right. And that was the name that he gave to the New York police right. when he was arrested for yeah. having a gun. That was a fez. Like the, the, the hat that uh, the monkey in Aladdin wears. I don't mean oh, the, that's the only, okay. I, don't, I don't, that's the only character I can tell you that yeah. I would know. But that's the hat. It's like a red circle hat with a little, uh, little, thing on little gold thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ta- a t- like a tassel from a okay. graduation cap. Yeah. No disrespect to people if you wear a fez. I don't, that's the only way I know how to describe it. And maybe the monkey from Aladdin doesn't wear one of those, but you know what I'm saying, right? I think he does. He does I think he one. does wear one of those a and a little vest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect to anybody's religion or anything. I'm, I'm saying I'm not saying you wear a vest or you're a monkey. Or, I'm not saying any of those things. I'm just saying the monkey from Aladdin yeah. wears a fez. So 
Um, yeah, so the, the police in D.C. described John Osby as a guy who wears African clothes and a fez, as well as he walks around carrying a Muslim prayer book. Okay. Right. So on January 7th, 1972, it was reported that Osby had pled guilty in a New York court for a misdemeanor firearms charge following his arrest. So he was arrested in the hotel, booked, charged, and he pled guilty to it. Mm. So the drug charge, which was marijuana possession, was dropped. I guess in degree in uh in exchange for his for his plea. Right. They're like, we'll just charge you for the gun. Uh he was granted conditional release and was taken into custody by the US Marshals. So he went through that whole court process and then the US Marshals came to extradite him from New York to DC to face his charges because he did have an open warrant for his arrest in relation mm-hmm. to the murders. Oh wow. He was wanted for questioning. Yeah. But they put a warrant out for his arrest. So once they figured out that uh Jahan Muhammad was John Osby. The U.S. Marshals were waiting, waiting there right when his court process was finished in, in New York to be yeah. like, all right, yep, time to go to D.C. Yeah. So they, you know, they put, they got him, extradited him to D.C. Right. Where he had to face charges uh, for the, th- the murders of the three women. So Osby went to trial for Deborah's murder first. The trial lasted four days. The prosecution's theory of the events was as followed. Deborah arrived home around 5.40 p.m. to cook dinner for her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And Osby was already in the apartment, which he probably got in through the window. Upon seeing that Deborah was in the apartment and alone, Osby attacked her in a way which rendered her unconscious. Mm. He then moved her into the bedroom and raped her. When Richard knocked on the door around 6 p.m., Deborah screamed, which probably woke her up. She was probably, or she's maybe been playing, knocked out, pretending hopefully he yeah. would leave. And when somebody knocked on the door, she's like, now's my chance. Yeah. So she screamed when, when uh, Richard knocked on the door. So um, Osby then shot her in the head. Mm. And while and mm-hmm. Richard can't get in, he just now he's here. He's a girlfriend screaming a gunshot. Inside, he still yeah. can't get in, so he has to go get the maintenance man. So when Richard was seeking help to go uh, get into the apartment, Osby then escapes through the bedroom window and left the scene. So here's another theory of what could have possibly happened. Maybe that back door was jimmied open, sham, you know, you know, wiggled open in some kind of way, and that's how he got in. Is there a fire escape? That I don't know. That oh. wasn't mentioned. I don't yeah. even know what floor the apartment was on. But okay. I'm guessing it was at least one floor up. But it could have been on the first floor. I don't know. That I don't know. But the maintenance man, keep in mind, he said the door was closed, but it was unlocked. And it had some scratches underneath of the door. Yeah. So he could have popped that door open. That's how he got into the apartment. Was lying in wait. Attacks uh, Deborah. And then when he, when, he gets, when he leaves through the window, that's when his, fing- his footprints could have been facing out. They didn't say his, whether or not his footprints were facing in or Away from the door, the window, or towards the window. But now in this theory, he the footprints hears, outside. The footprints outside. Got you. Now in this theory, you just shot somebody. That would make sense. You jump out crazy, land, stuff falls out of your pockets. If you were coming in, it might not be as like crazy where stuff yeah, falls out of rush. your pockets yeah, and yeah. stuff. But if you were jumping out, maybe that's why. The, and then also, who knows why he had these oils? He had the some of the oils were found in in the apartment. Mm. So he might have just tried to grab. Some whatever evidence he had, well, I don't know why he had his oils out, but he might have tried to grab some, missed a vial, jumped out, landed, dropped another couple of vials outside because they found oil vials and his footprints outside of the window. So I'm guessing. I wonder how far though outside. Of the that's window. what I'm saying. Could have been running. That's why I'm like I don't. Maybe this was the first floor because he jumps out. Yeah. You know, and lands and doesn't like break his legs or anything like Especially that. Especially if it, if it's maybe if it's like a floor up, you jump. That's not that bad either. Bad. Second floor is not that you bad. Wanna, you want to land, sickle fall out your body. Exactly. It's yeah. a lot of force. Yeah. Right? So the, the, this, I'm adding this theory about the coming in through the door and then leaving out through the window. Yeah. As opposed to coming in through the window and leaving out through the window. Right. 
But that just adds in that piece of information that I had earlier. Now, that, that's just me speculating. He could have done both. He could have come in through the window and left out through the window. But either way, he shoots Deborah. Here's the, well, here's the knock. Is like, she's seen my face or whatever. Here's the knock. Kills Deborah. Flees through the window. Right. Drops oils and shit and, and, and leaves footprints outside of the window. At the trial, the prosecution linked the vial of oil to Osby. The shopkeeper who sold him the vials testified, testified that he was the only distributor in that area that Osby was a regular customer for, mm. visiting every two to four weeks. So this guy really liked essential oils. What kind of oil is it, though? Is it like I'm ginseng? sure it's like, no, no, I think oil? it's like body oil, but oh. it's like, you know, sometimes people smell like, sometimes you people, there are people like, they want to smell like an incense. Like they mm. want to smell like patchouli or lavender or any of those kind of tea tree oil. Is ginseng an oil, though? Or, you know, no, ginseng is a root. It's a, and it's for boners. Used, my dad used to drink that shit all the time. Yeah, I bet. Mm. Mr. Raj, man. For, it huh? keeps you boned up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come with a little glass bottle with a little black top. Yeah, uh-huh. Mr. Raj, man. Keeps you long and strong. You pull up in the Corvette, ready to go. That's funny. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Raj off the ginseng. Yeah, well, that's what it is. is it, so it's not Viagra. It's, not Vi- it's natural Viagra. Natural Viagra. Honey. Gold medallion sitting right there on the taco meat. No, he didn't dress like that. Before me, probably, but from what I recall, he don't dress like that. Yeah, but he's still keeping the ginseng alive. That was this was a while ago. Oh, it was a while ago. Yeah, right, okay. Maybe you guys. I, he might keep some in the tuck. I don't know. He might have that. Uh, the the uh, honey, the honey. The, I'm hearing those. The kids are using the honey packs now. What is that? It's like gas station boner pill stuff, but it's like a liquid. Oh hell no! Like some fish oil shit. <laughs> yeah, some crazy, nah, yeah, crazy shit. Just, like rhino pills. That's dangerous. Yeah, not very dangerous. That bad for your heart. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Bad for y'all. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> so, so, but yeah, so the shopkeeper comes in and is like, look, this guy's the only guy that buys this shit. Nobody else uses the oil. Everybody yeah. else is using Creed, you know, Joe Malone. Like, this guy comes in, he's like, nah, I want the oil. So, that was pretty damning testimony. They found these oils. He's and the he's only like, person. He's the only it? guy that buys the oil. That's easy. Yeah. So, uh, the shopkeeper said that he's a regular customer, like I, like I just mentioned. <laughs> I keep it in stock just for him. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I'm almost tempted to stop. If, I, if he doesn't buy it, I'm just sitting on a bunch of oil. Yeah. Like nobody else is, is buying this oil. That's crazy. But he does buy it in bulk. You know, when you got a loyal customer like that, you're sitting on the stand, you probably, you, you, tempt, you get tempted to talk nice about him. Like, I mean, listen, hey, look, there's been some tough Christmases where, you know, this guy comes in, he buys all the oil, and yeah. my, I could buy my kids Christmas presents sometimes. So right. I appreciate the business. Absolutely. But, you know, so I got to be honest, though. So uh, the shopkeeper also testified that Osby returned to the store a week later on a Wednesday, so the day after Deborah's murder, and purchased more oils. Keep in mind, left, the, left some oils in her apartment, dropped some oils outside of her apartment. Now he comes back the next day after her murder and is like, hey, man, pff, the oils are gone so fast. And he, it's crazy. The thing we talk How about was like- he using a day, though? Who knows, man? Like he might himself, oil right? it up. Like, I, mean, I would think you'd probably do like a, a oil on two fingers and just kind of neck. Yeah. Neck tap, neck tap, and then move on. But this guy might drench himself in over it. Over yeah. Yeah, for sure. Just really, you can really smell him before you see him for a while. But um, yeah, this, the, but yeah, but the, the, the shopkeeper's like, I mean, he had just, he had just re up on his oils like a few days ago. He came back a little early. All of a sudden, yeah. he's back early. He needs all he's of his oils schedule. again. Yeah. 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 And you having this regular conversation, like he's, you know, he probably make up some lies, like, you know, hot date. All the while, he dropped all these oils after murdering somebody. You just never know who you're talking to, man, at any point in the day. It's crazy. So, I guarantee he want to ask him, like, why do you 
That might be the thing that's scary. Oh. So, so the shopkeeper asked why he needed more so soon, and Osby said he lost the last ones climbing out a window. Oh, <laughs> climbing out a window. No, so I, that, I mean, like, I, I know he went and asked Osby, like, why do you, what do you like about the oil? So yeah, what's 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 this, what this do? Yeah. I just like smelling natural. I didn't expect him to say, I mean, he didn't say I killed somebody, but he said I, I dropped my oils climbing out of a window. I mean, why would you say that? That's... <laughs> He didn't a confession. He he, he's like, this will never come back. Yeah, up. yeah. nobody's gonna come asking this. <laughs> nobody's gonna ask what, where what these oils are. Everybody uses this oil. That's probably what he thought. Like everybody uses. It. Who could? Who could? Probably who could identify me from oil? Yeah, everybody uses oil. Like, no man, no, they don't. Not this. They really don't. Not this oil. Yeah, they really don't though. <laughs> they really don't use this oil. So the oils were also tested, and the vial found under the window, under Deborah's window, was a match to the oil found on Osby at the time of his arrest. It was so thick and viscous on him that they could take a sample of it from his skin. Wow. And they tested it, and it was a match for the oils that were sold he at the store. He just it all the time. It's just natural. It's just on him. He sweats yeah. it now. He might drink it. It just pores comes through. Shit. Yeah, it comes out of his pores. So... They presented evidence that a thumbprint matched Osby taken from a doorway at the apartment. There was testimony that the gun Osby had been arrested with fit the profile of the likely murder weapon of Deborah. The bullet retrieved from Deborah's body was too damaged to make a 100% conclusive match, wow. but both the bullet in Deborah and those from the 357 Magnum had five lands and grooves and a right twist. That's bullet stuff. I don't know. I'm not an expert. But they matched kind of is what they're saying. The medical examiner concluded that the fatal bullet was fired from a large caliber, high velocity weapon, such as a 357, possibly a rifle or a 45 caliber. He also stated that there were pre-mortem injuries and bruising to Deborah's face and body and evidence of rape. One of the blows to her chin could have knocked her unconscious. The M.E., which is the medical examiner friend, as you know, the M.E. also admitted that one of his assistants for the autopsy was black and not wearing a hair covering. So the defense suggested that the hair found on the body may not have belonged to Osby. So he's like, there was a black person who was doing the autopsy and that might be their hair. How much, a hair co how much is a hair covering going to do? For I don't know if he's like a large afro. Or like something. A, well, actually, it was like 1972. Oh, it was 1972. So they might have all had afros. Them and their uh, black power. They, who knows? Yeah. Who knows which hairs whose black power hair? Afro picks. Yeah, you know whose hairs which hair. It's all Negroid to me. You're like, damn, <laughs> uh, <laughs> guilty. That's just yeah, <laughs> she's like that's wild. Yeah, it's like, well, sir, that's a dynamite. I'm just kidding. I don't know. That's what they say, right? We that is that 1972. When did that show come out? Good times. Yeah, probably 70s. Who after that, right? No, 70s. <laughs> Maybe not 72. Was it? Maybe not 72. Yeah, Good Times is old. It was like 80s. No, you're wrong. All right. <laughs> the 80s belong to <laughs> the 80s belong to one Gary Coleman. Thank you very much. So uh, three witnesses said that they saw Osby at the apartment building the week before the murders. Like almost like he was scoping it out. So uh, Dorothy Rager, a neighbor, said Osby was specifically outside Deborah's apartment on two occasions the 9th and the 10th of December between 5.30 and 6 p.m. So that's like around the same time that like, like when she gets off. Mm. So he was really like, like he was casing her out. So the first time she saw him, he was wearing a long robe. And the next day he was wearing a brown and gold tweed jacket. A robe? Yeah, probably like his, his, um, jacket? his religious clothes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, With his fez on? Maybe not the fez. That might have been his way of being incognito. 
Okay. Like I'm gonna go without the feds. I don't want to draw too much attention all to myself. The time. It's crazy. Unless it's <laughs> not if you're a religious. Unless, I was say not if you're religious. Okay. <laughs> so that's part of a religious outfit that you have to wear. Like uh, a, yeah, like a. Uh, I know a guy at my job that uh, I don't know what he is, but a guy at my job. Uh, let's just say his name was um, um, Randy. Okay. Um, and I knew him as Randy for years. This okay. is like an older guy. He's like in the sixties. He went the feds all the time. No, he didn't. Oh, he was. Uh, we knew him as Randy, and then one day he 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 like got in trouble with the union, mm-hmm. and he was gone for a bit, and he came back, and I knew him as Randy. So I went up to him, and he had on the hat now, but he wasn't wearing the hat before. And I go, "Hey, what's up, Randy?" He goes, "My name is Riker." Oh shit! And like I'm like I'm, I'm like I know you. Yeah. Not well, but I'm like I know you. That's how I know you. Yeah. And he was like, "Hey man, stop calling me that." Like he was really like, "He oh, got offended." That's not my name. Oh shit! I was like, "Well, damn, motherfucker, it was your name last time I so saw you." So what did you say? Like, I say, "Man, where do I go?" Because I was like, I was like, I was asking a work question. So yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. "Don't even worry about it, man. Can you just help me do my job? Don't, don't you don't even have to." Don't Here's my thing. Yourself. Here's the thing. Once you do some shit like that to me, you don't ever got to worry about me asking me how your yeah, day was nothing, or nothing nope, like nothing. that. So I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Where do I take this box? Yeah, all conversations. That's, that's the, it. You don't even have to worry that's about it. me having to. You yeah. don't have to tell me your name ever again. I'm never going to use it. Never going to call you anything. So that's oh, so he was like, no, my name is. He was like, I don't know who the what that that is. Oh, he's been brainwashed. <laughs> he's in it. Oh, he just renounced whatever. He just renounced whatever name he had, and he's like, that's my name. Now it's this name. I don't know. He was he was brainwashed. He's a religious person. I don't know. <laughs> so he wore fez all the time. He from that point forward. So it's like a yarmulke. You just wear it all. The yeah, time. it's like that. Mm-hmm. But that's. But a yarmulke. But I don't think you wear a yarmulke all the time. We're getting oh, deep in the. I don't know. We I'm might sorry. be offending everybody. I don't know, I don't know if you wear a yarmulke all the time. I know you wear it when you things? go in the um the synagogue, but I don't know if you wear it right. all the time. All right. Maybe you do. I, 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 it just wouldn't make sense. I'm not gonna say it wouldn't make sense, but it's just it's weird to see somebody wear a fez because it's not. Like, it's like it's not as subtle. A yarmulke right. is subtle. The fez right, exactly. is very. You catch it, but that might people wear their religious garb out and don't care. If people wear hijabs, you know. So yeah. Yeah, it's true. Hey man, it's we're true. learning. I don't know. Don't know I don't what I'm know. talking I, about. I have no idea. Don't know. I have no idea. It, what, what, open, open. Please tell us if you were if you're listening to this and you were a fez, break it down. Break that thing down. Flip it and reverse it. Go anyway, uh, Riker. Like, hey man. Oh, I'll never talk to him again. <laughs> I'll never talk to him again for the rest of my life. Hey, uh, listen, uh, Riker, I don't. Riker is it? Yeah. Hey, right. Okay, sorry. Make hey, sure man. I call you by your hey, right man. name. Hey, yeah. Why? <laughs> hey man. No, why? I like that. Oh, there you just think, I'm asking like hey, curious. Hey, why? So why? Hey, what's up? What's hey, what's the, the deal? What's up with the uh, your little hat? That's crazy. That's disrespectful. I'm not gonna be disrespectful. I'm gonna make sure I know what it's called. It's a fez. But there's definitely some people at my job that were like, "Hey, man, why are you wearing that little funny hat?" There's definitely some people that disrespected him that way. And maybe that's the energy I got. Of course. Maybe he was like, people oh, yeah. are calling me out of my name. Yeah, they disrespected yeah. my hat, yeah, and yeah. I just was like, funny. "Hey, Randy." And he's like, "Hey, man." Yeah. That's not my name. It's not my name, man. First he said, would you call what's me? The, what's the monkey Here's what he name? said. What's the monkey name from in Latin? <laughs> Abu, right? People's called him that. No, that's crazy. Hold up. <laughs> hey, man. No, that's crazy. Hey, man. That's the last time. My yeah, name that's, is Randy. that's all he heard when I said. But I said Randy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I go up to him like, hey, what's up, Randy? He went, would you call me? As if I disrespect him. It was crazy. I was like, uh, Randy? Yeah. But my, name, wore, my name is right. But he wore it to work, though. He wore it to work. At work, I was like, I, I hadn't seen him in a while. I thought his name was still Randy. I was like, it's cool, Fez. Ask that clips on it or something. Clips like in, oh, to keep it in place. Yeah, well, he's bald, so it just goes probably. He got like Velcro straps. He got like Velcro to Velcro on what? <laughs> on his head? No, it's keep bald. It, <laughs> it probably just suctions right on because he's bald. Like, That's crazy. <laughs> no nah, man. 
Yeah. I'm just my point is it's just it's not a, like it's not subtle like you said. It's, it's not, not subtle. Like it's not subtle. Wear. It's like this is I'm where you I wear I'm in a religion. Yeah. This is a religious hat. Yeah. I don't even I don't like calling it a hat. Let's move on. <laughs> uh so this guy was scoping her out and everything like that. Um and uh Dorothy who was a witness said that she was sure it was the same man who she had saw a couple of weeks pre- prior to the murders because she noted that the shape of his face and his beard and pointed to her hobbies as an artist and sculptor, saying that she had a good memory for features. Uh, so prior to the trial, she was shown 10 photos of suspects, and she picked out Osby out of a lineup. She also picked his photo out in court. During Cross, she admitted to seeing Osby in the paper, but said that that, that didn't influence her picking him out of the lineup. Susan Shook Another neighbor testified that on December 9th, she had been unable to enter her apartment because the top lock was locked, something she didn't do when she left and she didn't have the, uh, the key, mm. right? He also dropped a key, mm. right? So I don't know about what, if what opens to, but he also had a key that he left at Deborah's apartment. And this woman, that's crazy. Susan Shook is like, I left my apartment and it was more locked than it was when I left. Did he work there or something? He wasn't. He he didn't. Like not that I know of. I, I'm gonna, yeah, not that I, that didn't come up so far. Okay. Um. And it had. And from when I was going over this, I didn't see that he was like a former maintenance man at the complex or something like that. Um. But he had a key hmm. to something. A key was found in Deborah's apartment. They never said what it was to. But this woman, Susan Shook, is like, my top lock was locked, and I never locked my top lock. I don't even have the key to unlock it. So I had to get the maintenance man to help me get in my apartment because the top lock was locked. And I don't know how you lock a top lock from the outside. So that means either he had a key or he locked it and then went out the window. Which is like, well, why'd you lock it? Yeah. Yeah, for you to lock it from the outside, you gotta have the key. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So uh so lock a top lock. I don't yeah. lock my top lock. Give me anxiety. But I'm a don't. Guy. I'm a guy. I live in an apartment. I like my shit. Oh, I make sure my shit's locked. Secure. Yeah, I respect. Know, I like my top. Line. I respect it. And if I but you also like have it, a house. We got multiple points of entry. Like it's yeah, different, it's you know. Entry. Nobody's coming in here. Somebody can climb the window in here. Yeah, balcony. <sighs> That's true. It's a gated community. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't like my top lock. It's I wouldn't like my. Gated. I wouldn't like my I top can, lock. I can come in here anytime before nine o'clock. Before nine o'clock. All right, man. You put on my, <laughs> oh, my back. Damn, man. So moving on. <laughs> he was about to say it. <laughs> <laughs> he was about to say it. <laughs> moving on. So she got a key from reception. Entered her apartment. Come on, Alvin. She's got to get here before eight thirty, and the gates wide open. It's just open all day until eight o'clock. Uh, so, so she got a she got a key from she got a key from reception. Entered her apartment uh, with. With a friend okay. that uh, she had with her, and found one of her cats crouched on the sofa, and the others in the bathroom. When they usually greeted her at the door, so like the cats were kind of spooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there was milk in one of the bowls, and she never gave them milk. That's great. Yeah, she smelled. She smelled a perfume she didn't recognize. Oil, strong the oil. Uh, I wonder if he if he did that, so she would notice. I don't know. The locking of the door, the the milk. Yeah, that's this very, might have that's, been that's methodical. Making people unsettled. Like yeah. Break in and just move things a little bit. Oh, is there like a burglar that does that? Because that's something I would do. I don't know. I feel like I've I feel like I read something about that or saw it in a movie or something like that where you uh, break in, just like move this over here. Yeah. It make people it might make you crazy. Just uh, go and clean people's house. Yeah. Go in, <laughs> feed their cat. That's crazy. You go and leave your cat milk. That's crazy. Call me the tidy. 
burglar. Ooh, I like that. Like yeah, that. yeah, the tidy bandit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so like I said, she smelled some perfume she didn't recognize. The source of the smell was a towel left in the living room. And when she woke up the next morning, she heard a cat growling and went to investigate. Oh, shit. She saw her kitchen door, which opened into the communal hallway, closing slowly and silently. She locked the door and called for a janitor who left her with a hammer for protection. That's all he had. That's What's all that going to do? It's like, Somebody was just in my apartment for sure. I was like, yeah. well, I'm here. <laughs> he I was like, fixing, what do you want me to do? Yeah, I was, yeah, I'm I was a like, janitor. I just work here. <laughs> you should call the police. Why'd you come get me? Right. I'm the janitor. 24 hours. Yeah. So the police. <laughs> yeah. So the janitor testified to seeing a man matching Osby's description near Susan's apartment as he, as he was not responding to the call. He described a black man in robes wearing a fez with a goatee. A maintenance man said he saw Osby dressed in one of those African gowns and a fez on December 10th and wandering around the first floor of the apartment building. You stand out, man. Absolutely. It's nothing. So you should not be committing crimes like this in a, a uh, cultural, <laughs> cultural garb. Crazy. An FBI analyst, Special Agent Robert Neal, said that the hairs found at the murder scene were microscopically similar to or microscopically alike Known, known hairs of the defendant. Yeah, this is before DNA. Yeah, yeah. With nineteen microscopic characteristics. This is nineteen seventy-two. He identified forty-three unknown head and pubic hairs that had been collected from the victim's body and the crime scene. Followed by his conclusions that a total of twenty-seven of the hairs were microscopically identi- identical to the defendant's known hair samples. Nine were fragments that were not suitable for comparison, and seven hairs were inconclusive. Agent Neal had compared a total of 19 microscopic characteristics between the defendant's known hairs and the hairs of unknown origin. He testified that 19 was a fairly adequate number and explained that with this number of characteristics being compared, he had never seen a false match. Because he had a lot of sample, pubic hair and head hair, and all this, so he had a lot of stuff to work with. Finally, he testified that for the inconclusive hairs, he just didn't have any any conclusion as to whether they matched the defendant's hair. In contrast, the defend in contrast, the defense didn't even make an opening statement. Wow. That's how incontrovertible this this witness was. This expert witness said all this and then they were like, let's just move on to the next thing. Yeah. So, at closing arguments, the defense argued that the hair evidence was insufficient as the hairs did not tie the defendant to the crime scene because they tied in all Negro males with hair, char- with hair characteristics of this nature and thus did not, to the exclusion of all others, identify him. So it's like, you might have, this might lump him in as a possible match for those hairs, but it lumps in a whole lot of other people is yeah. what they were saying. So whereas the, pro- whereas the prosecution argued regarding the hair analysis that the prosecutor stated Agent Neal had never, in his eight years of comparing, had so many characteristics match. And though he acknowledged that the hair evidence could have come from another Negro male, he asserted that the testimony almost provided a positive identification. So even this expert witness was like, I mean, yeah, does this look like a lot of other black people's hair? Sure. Yeah. But I've never seen such so many matches to one specific person before. Right. And so the odds are very high was his rebuttal to the defense's assertion. Okay. 
So the prosecution disagreed and brought up the oils, gun, witnesses, fingerprints, and all the other evidence that they had. So of the hair evidence, they said about 5% of people who have the two unusual characteristics in the defendant's hair. And in the course of 35,000 to 40,000 microscopic analyses, Agent Neal had never seen the hairs from two different individuals, known individuals, to be microscopically alike when comparing 19 characteristics. So what he's saying is, of all those things I've ever done, I've never seen two hairs from two separate people be this close yeah. as, as, a, as a hair from him and a hair from the scene. So he's saying, if this is two different people, I've never seen two different people's hair be this close of a match, which is a solid assertion from an expert. Noting that the government had a strong circumstantial case, the court denied the, the motion for acquittal from the defense, but reserved ruling on the charge of first-degree murder until the following day. The next morning, the court granted the motion for acquittal with respect to the first-degree murder charge. So what that basically means is Osby was charged with both first-degree murder and felony murder, and the defense managed to get the first-degree murder charge dropped. And after, after 90 minutes of deliberation, the jury returned with a verdict. Osby was convicted of felony murder and rape while armed and was found not guilty of burglary while armed. Before sentencing, the court wanted to ensure that he was considered legally sane when the murder was committed. So the, def the defense counsel did, didn't raise the issue and Osby objected to the implication. So he was like, I'm not, cr I'm, I'm don't, I'm not crazy. Yeah. How dare you? I'm, I'm, I'm a really smart guy. Okay. So, yeah, so he was really offended at that. The jury decided that he was sane and was guilty as per the previous charges. The sentencing was deferred while he faced trial for Sherry and Sharon's murders. In 1973, Osby faced those murder charges. The trial lasted for four days. He was found guilty of second of he was found guilty of two second degree murder charges. And he was sentenced to a life term for the felony murder charges and 10 to 30 years for the rape charges, and then another 10 to 30 years for the second-degree murder charges, which were to be served concurrently. So he was, found, he was also found guilty for the murders of Sherry and Sharon, the two women who were visiting from Australia. Mm. He served time at the Federal Corrections Institute in Williamsburg, South Carolina. Um, and then there's some stuff that I have here about his appeal. He appealed, but it was denied. And uh, in September of 2016, Osby filed a habeas corpus petition saying that the government fal falsified evidence that affected his verdict. Now, again, this happened in 1972. So he filed, I mean, we're like 30 years later. He's probably seeing a lot of stuff the Innocence Project is doing. And he's trying to get on board. And this is the question I have. That's why I want to talk to somebody from Innocence Project sometime. Is like, how do you guys know you're not being duped? Like, right, I'm sure yeah. there's rigorous yeah. amounts of research that you have to do to go, they don't just believe a guy saying, like, I'm innocent. Because you probably get emails like that all day as the innocent exactly. project. Yeah. So I think like he's very, like, intensive deep. Yeah, because you don't ever want to, like, that would make you look bad if you fought against the system. you got to go system. through all of those, too. Oh, man. It's a lot. So, uh, yeah. So that was the story of uh, John Milton Osby. Um, I want to say rest in peace to Sharon Tapp and Sherry Fromm as well as uh, Deborah Noel, rest in peace to them. And uh, yeah, wild story, man. The guy, it's crazy. I don't know, protect yourself, man. I don't know. And lock your top lock, I guess. Is, I guess yeah, I'll start doing that. Lock your top lock, I not lock you your should. top lock. Not that that had anything to do with why these women were murdered. They were murdered because this guy's a piece of shit. But I'm just saying, you got you to gotta protect yourself. You got to 
take those extra, don't leave your windows open and just, you know, I wish, I wish we could. I wish we could do all those things. It'd yeah. be nice, but it's, it's, tragically, the world's a sick place. Uh, anyway, let's go ahead and uh, get into these good vibes. That's right, folks. It's time for some good vibes. We're going to change things up in the new year. I don't really know how I feel, but I like that actually more. I like man, that energy. I like that that's energy one of my favorite beats of one of... Oh, man. It's just fun. Oh, it's man. just fun, man. It's like I just really enjoy that. So we're going to... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna try we're gonna change that up going into the new year and just kind of come with that energy. We're still trying to just you know trying to change things up going to the new year. So we're just getting some different energy. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we're here for some good vibes to send you guys off uh, into the world for 2023 to accomplish all your best goals. Um, I don't know. Do I do I go? Yeah, you go. Yeah, I, okay. Yes. Uh, friend, I don't really have anything. Uh, an article pulled up or anything like that. My good vibes is uh, the the story of uh, this uh, 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 Dar. What's his name? Darwin. Uh, Demar Hamlin, DeMar, yeah. yeah, Demar Hamlin. This guy, uh, he played for the Buffalo Bills. He safety for the Buffalo Bills. Had a freak accident on the field. I yes. haven't even really watched football in some time, but I saw that this was happening on Twitter, yeah. and it was shocking to see the clip that he yeah. just kind of fell out. And I, re- uh, I saw a video of a doctor kind of explaining this freak once in a lifetime, like yeah. where the heart beat pattern yes. was when he got hit. It like stopped his heart, yes. shut him off. Yep. And he was, you know, in intensive care for a few days. There was a lot of conversations around, you know, these analysts saying crazy things and people worried about the game and stuff. All that stuff was happening. But a positive light and a positive note that happened this past Sunday, um, there were a bunch of football players. Every football player that has wears the number three on the field came out to the middle of the field before each game that they played. They took a knee and said a prayer. Um, a lot of teams are spray painting the number three on their field at like the midfield hash. And um, Damar Hamlin is awake. Yes. He held up a sign saying that, you know, you know, thumbs up or prayers and whatever. And I also heard a story. I don't know how true it is, but there was a nurse that said when he woke up, the first thing he asked was like, did we win the game? Yeah. And the nurse said, yeah, well, yeah, you won the game of life. Yeah. Because it was it was a close call. I mean, the guy's he died. I mean, his heart shut off on the field, you know, and, you know, it just reinforced a lot of this was a freak accident. Obviously, this wasn't a brutal hit or anything like that of the things that have made me criticize football in recent history. But it just really reiterates for me, like, that's a brutal sport, man. And those people should be fully informed. Again, freak accident, yes. But the idea that the NFL was sitting on knowledge of what CTE was for many years and just kind of keeping players in the dark and not letting them fully consent to what they're putting their bodies and their lives on the lines for Mm -hmm. when they go out and play for that money. And so this just kind of, I think this reiterates that com- that that conversation about guaranteed contracts, pay these players because the pension is nothing. Like Demar Hamlin may never play football again. He has a long road to recovery. I don't think this was something that like you just like. Uh, I don't think he'll just be on the field next week. You know, like it's gonna be a long. He may never play football again. And if he never plays football again, what does he do? He's a football player. Yeah. And he can. He may never make money. From his passion again. So what does he do now? In the NFL, they're gonna do their. Demar Hamlin's a bad example because, like, I'm sure he has a GoFundMe or something that he yeah. or some kind of way that he could be supported. Yeah. But uh, other players that don't have freak accidents that go viral, but just have to leave and quietly into the night. What do they do? How do they pay for their life after football? Well, I I do think in football, this is a good thing I do like about football is that when you are a collegiate level player, 
I think they do four years of college. Uh huh. So in basketball, you don't have you may you can just go a year. Yeah, you can just go a year and then you go. But I think football, they do four years of college. So you have a degree. So you get so you have a degree. That's good. I think so. Yeah, I think because I don't think also I don't think your body I don't think your body is ready. Yeah, you to jump into the NFL to be to do one year in college and then hop in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. So, but yeah, no. On the bright side, Demar Hamlin is awake. Um, it seems like he's out of the woods. And now, you know, it's just... Once, I feel like once you're breathing on your own... Yeah. And you're up in the way... Yes. Now the work begins, yeah. but uh, that's scary times. Yeah. So I think he's out of the worst of it, and now it's just like, do the work and get back on your feet and get back out into the world. Football should be like the last thing on his mind. I think it should be like, you know, your family and appreciating that you're alive and just working on getting your health back in, 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 in shape, because I'm sure... The residual effects of your heart stopping and having to be restarted yeah. and tube down your throat and stuff—you got to recover from that. Yeah, so. happened, that happened to a football player. I mean, a basketball player on a college level, maybe a couple of years ago, and he's he's came back and play. I think he plays like overseas. Like his heart now. stopped. Yeah, he like his heart oh, stopped on the court. That's terrifying. And you know he had to go through you know physical, uh, therapy, physical therapy and, and all that stuff. Yeah. And I think he's back to playing basketball. Uh, I don't know if he's playing at the pro level, maybe yeah. pro, maybe overseas, but that do that does take time. Though. So yes, basketball is different. You're doing a lot of running in basketball. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, man. But yeah, no. Shout out to Demar Hamlin. Yeah, man. And I just thought that was a, yeah. I thought that was a good follow up because I was kind of I was I, I don't want to speak too soon. I don't want to speak. I thought that the news was going to only get worse when they just said he wasn't awake and stuff. I thought that the news. So it's good to see that there's an, an uptick. Yeah. And so that's nothing but a blessing. And so shout out to Demar Hamlin. And that was a scary thing to see. I'm sure for kids watching football and stuff, that was probably pretty scary to see. Absolutely. And uh, for adults, even, you know, yeah. I've spoke to a lot of the grown men at my job. They're like, yeah, man, I was shook up, man. Absolutely. And then seeing yeah. the football, the other players emotional and stuff. Yeah. It had, was, to cut the, had to cancel the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my yeah. My son won't be playing football. Yeah. No, 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 no. Flag no. football if, if, all the way. Yeah. Yeah. If I have kids, um, pad contact football is not a thing that's happening. It's just not a no, part sir. of my life enough that I feel like tradition or any, fuck all that stuff, man. Yeah. It's just not safe. It just isn't. So, you know, if, if if it's that's your choice as a parent, obviously, but I wouldn't let my kids play no, football. No, Basketball no is so much more fun. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that was that was my good vibe story. And my good vibe this week is about uh, Tesla. Okay. okay. So the state of California remain um, remains four citizens richer after an incredible stroke of luck saw four people, including two children, rescued after the Tesla. They were traveling. Traveling in plunged 250 feet off a cliff of the coast, on the coast. Witnesses called 911 after the vehicle went over the cliff on State Route 1 at Devil's Slide. Oh, Between San Francisco and Half Moon Bay, California, shortly after 11 a.m. on Monday. Anybody from California to San Francisco Bay area, what, why, yeah, is, area. It called, why is it called Devil's Slide? Love to know is that. A big hill or something. Uh, despite the rescue of fish... The rescue officials describing the car as flipping over, flipping over several times before landing on its wheels. All four people not only survived the impact, but are in stable condition. Great. The California Highway Patrol, U.S. Coastal Guard, and multiple fire agencies responded to the scene, where the first responders then spotted movement in the front seat and called helicopters, called helicopters in to rescue the survivors. Somebody said, uh, somebody tweeted. And tagged Elon Elon Musk. Uh, got me seriously wanting to buy a Tesla. Was on this rescue, 250 feet off Devil Slide. All occupants survived. 
And the I reason mean, why I'm I guess that, that's really bringing that up uh-huh. because you've been on here. Uh huh. Yes. And explicitly saying, mm-hmm. you know, Tesla's 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 not a well made trash. It's not a well made cars. Blah 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 blah. This is a freak. This is a freak miracle, and I think that that's great that they survived. I disagree with you. Firefighters rappelled down to the crash site and hoisted the two children, believed to be four-year-old girl and nine-year-old boy, into the helicopter. Mm. Now, I think Tesla's a great car. Sure. Right? They're electric, good for the... They're electric, they're fun. You can play games on the screen and everything like that. beautiful world that we live on mm-hmm. called Earth. Yes. Uh, I think they're great cars. Do I want one? Yes. Do, sure. I, do I think they're great cars? Yes. Do I think they're man- manufactured? Well, Absolutely. Hey. Should I own one? Yes. Should will I buy one, one when I get one? Yes, I will. Because they are great cars. This isn't a debate, man. I'll send you, I'm some, just I'll saying, send you some videos. They are great cars. Uh, videos of what? People come with conspiracies and be like, oh, batteries suck. No, no, it's not they about use, the... They use Duracell batteries. Not, they don't use real car batteries. Not, they use Duracell batteries. And they are awful. The They're getting over on people because they're using household batteries to run cars. No, that's not... The, is that what it I is? I don't know anything about any conspiracies about Tesla. There, it's a fact that the Teslas are not well-made cars in the sense of, like, the the design is is shitty. It's shitty. The computer's what do you mean? great. It's not, it's not, it's not the like, build it's, quality, where the where the, it's not, the points it's, meet of the doors. It's not aerodynamic. The, the, what, is that what you're saying? It's, it's just not, not it's not built. It's not built well. Stuff's cheap. The window uh, trimming around this. It's a shit. It's a shitty. The window sh- trimming. How do you know the window trimming on your car is not cheap? You I don't, don't know. I don't want to get into. You that. don't know. It's not only cheap. It's built poorly. My point is. That the computer of the Tesla is great, even though it cannot differentiate children. They still are, in a lot of the tests, they're running over things that are under four feet tall. So that's not safe. But the computer and the idea of a self-driving car, even though it's not self-driving, I'm not done. Even though it's not self-driving, I'm not done. Okay. Even though people think it's self-driving, it's not self-driving. It has a lot of assists in it, but it is not a fully self-driving car. But, and it, it... has in test hit things that are under four feet tall. Okay. My point is not about that. That's great. The idea of a self-driving car is cool in the games and the screen and all that stuff. The physical shell is made as shittily and cheap as possible to cut costs to save money on all the tech and software that's inside of it. Sure. I'm talking about the outer body of the car is not well made. Now that hey, these kids hey, survived hey. this accident, I, yeah, would, that's I great. would disagree. That's great. They survived it. Okay. They survived a it. A 250 foot fall. I, on Devil Slide. I think that that's great. And survive. I don't necessarily believe that that's like, it's because the Tesla was made a certain way that ca- great publicity for Elon Musk. Great publicity. I'm sure he's going to eat it up and be like, yeah, it's because we made it that way. Yes. These are not great built cars. And these kids survived a freak accident. Not like this Tesla saved them. But that's great. That's your good vibes. And I think that that's I great. Disagree. Yeah. And buy a Tesla, man. You sound like a hater. No, never. You are. Never that. Never been a hater in my life. I only like to see people shine. So Not Elon. No, I don't. I think. I mean, he's worth billions of dollars. I don't need to be like. So I, he wants me to suck his dick too. Come on, man. I mean, that's cool, man. I, I'm not gonna. Yeah. You, I want. I'm supposed to be a big fan of his, his as well. Make your money, man. Make your money. Make your shitty cars, and live your life. Um, but the computer's great. Um, yeah. But that's great. Is that that's it? That's it. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's great. Um, do I have any recommendations going into 2023? Uh, I recommend 
that, you know, while we're on the subject, hey, man, stop being a hater, man. Stop, you know, support your <laughs> friends. Huh? Who's hating? Just anybody. Oh, if, you, right. if you have any hater tendencies, leave them in 2022. Support your friends the way you support, you know, the person that you don't know and you see on Instagram, you see on your favorite television show and you follow them on Instagram and you buy their whatever the fuck. Support your friends that way. 2023 is the year of supporting and uplifting creatives and people in your life and only positive energy. We're not bringing any of that negative hater shit into 2023. We all have hater tendencies. We all have them. Yeah. I would never, I would not consider myself a hater, but have I seen people where I go, you know, you don't deserve some of that stuff, man. You're not a good person. You know what I mean? I've seen, I had those moments. I say stuff like that. We're leaving that in the past, man. I only want to see people shine. I only want to uplift people. Uh, Recommendations on the tip of like entertainment. I told people, everybody going into Christmas, Hey, Glass Onion, watch it. And what happened? It's like the biggest movie in the world. Yeah. My recommendations, Gold Star. They already know. You guys already know. And do I have any going into uh, 2023? I just watched the first episode of Don't Answer the Phone on Netflix. Super fucked up. I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish it because it is a tough watch. It's just, it's a tough story, but I started it, so I might finish it. But I will let people know it's a really fucked up story. Um, but it's on Netflix. If you like um, documentaries, it's it's well made and it's very dramatic. But mm-hmm. um, that's what I've watched the most recently. I haven't really started anything new in 2023. Okay. I do want to start Kaleidoscope, I think it's called, which okay. is... Uh, it's got uh, Gustavo Fring from Breaking Bad, and you can watch the. It's a heist show, and you can watch you can it watch in it all in the different any, orders. Any orders. Yes, mm-hmm. is that? Is it? Is it? Is it? It's on Netflix. It's on now. It's out. Mm-hmm. It's out. Oh, it's on def- Netflix. Oh, yes, so that's my that. intention is to watch yes, that. I will be watching that. Yeah, and so yeah, you watch it however you watch it. Don't tell me, and I'm I gonna won't. watch it however I watch Ooh. it. But it won't be from one to eight. It'll definitely not be that way. Okay, I will have to write it down because I don't. I don't. Like what, what yes, I'm probably gonna go like a crazy one, like okay. three, one, ooh, six, ooh, four. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I'm gonna fun. do something like that. I'm gonna go yeah, crazy. Yeah, 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 I'm gonna go yeah, crazy. Yeah. And they say no, like every way that you watch it, ooh, you'll see Patreon content. Hmm. See Patreon content. Oh my, possibly. Mm. I don't know. We have to. I mean, I'm not gonna rely on you to watch a show consistently to, to I am, no. provide this con- content to people. If, if we can though, if if we can, if we do it right now, I will. <laughs> No promises. Possibly me and Fran might do a kaleidoscope Patreon watch type of thing. Yeah. And um, possibly. No, don't don't hold us to it though, but possibly. You spitballing ideas, ideas, man. You make me want to follow through, but Hey, I'm saying if we commit right now, I'll do it. Um, we commit, it's on tape. I don't want to commit. Because I want to go over it. Let's talk off air. Maybe we'll come back and see. You know, we'll see. Yeah, we'll just do we won't even talk about it. We'll just do it. Either Uh, we'll do it or we won't. All right, right, cool. But will people go watch it? Yeah, go watch Kaleidoscope. And then if we do do it, you can join in on us with us on Patreon if we go down that route. So no promises though. But one last time before we get out of here. Oh, I didn't get I got recommendations. Oh watch uh watch last last chance you season two. Oh, great show. Watch that great show. I did watch that as well. Uh love it. You know, um those kids. Grind. Grind. Uh, what else did I watch? Uh, Bing, Glass Onion. Did watch Yes, that. great. Yeah. Phenomenal. I liked it, right? Phenomenal. Yeah. Great movie. Benoit Blanc. Uh, Benoit Blanc is, is the man. Um, what else? Oh, I have a show. It's a show coming out. Okay. January 15th, I think it is. The Last the last of Us. The Last, now, oh, yeah, the yeah, last the, of Us. Oh, yeah. Off the game. Off the Never game. played the game. PlayStation. By far one of the best games I've ever played. Mm. And I'm excited for a show to be coming out. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm excited I about that wait. too. The girl who's playing the girl from the game in the show yeah. is an actress from Game of Thrones who okay. was an absolute scene stealer. She was like eight years old and she was like the lady of her of her little town, which means like she's like basically like the queen of her town. Yeah. But she's not a queen. She's a lady. And she gave this speech where she pledged her allegiance to the king. 
And she's like this little Scottish girl. And she's like, we know no king but the king in the north. And all these grown men with beards stood up and were clapping for her and shit. And she's like three foot tall. She's like wow. a little kid. It was so powerful. So I like her. It's the only thing I've seen her in is in Game of Thrones. But I'm excited to see her in The Last of Us. The Last yeah. of Us is on my list too. Yes. Um, yeah, man. Fucking yeah. That's, that's, that's good, good recommendations. But yeah, everybody, if you haven't seen Glass Onion, which is impossible, I think everybody in the world literally has seen it. Yeah. Also, they should. I might have to eat crow. I don't know. Um, oh. I haven't done it yet, but have to eat shit. No, not literally. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Avatar two is on the verge of. You saw it? No, no, I haven't oh. seen it. But it's on the verge of surpassing the two billion dollar mark, which they Absolutely, would need to pass to man. become profitable. You thought it wasn't? Yeah, I thought it was going to be an absolute flop. It was ten years ago. Nah, I have not heard. Point. Nobody's told me that it's good. That's why I thought it was going to do do good because it was so long. People have been waiting for it. But I, that's the thing. I didn't think people were waiting for it. I just thought it had been so long. I don't know where all these people came from that are like, we're waiting for Avatar to come out. I guess they, they were here. It was I've a big still, movie when it came out. A lot of people seen it. Yeah, but like nobody, I didn't think. I mean, I'll take it back. I didn't think anybody remembered it. I thought it was just a thing that everybody saw. You know, it was, it was like a moment. Like this was this like advance in technology that everybody went to go see, but nobody remembers it. I thought. Was, and the, I guess was that I was movie wrong. not your cup of tea or like? It's not even that it was a cup of, it was forgettable. It was a forgettable movie to me. It was like Pocahontas. It was like Dances with Wolves. I've seen it before. It, what, what made it special to me, what I thought, and not just what I thought, it was how it was promoted. In 2009, this was the most visually amazing movie yes. that you've ever seen. You've never yeah. seen anything like this. But now video games look like that. When I play 2K23, <laughs> the shit look, LeBron looks, he's got facial beards and his yeah. eyebrow wrinkles move. Yeah. So the idea that this movie's being sold in 2023, like, come see more of the amazing, amazing visuals, is like, how much more amazing can it get than Transformer? And the, we've seen it, the Marvel movies. Like, it can't get much more realistic than what we've seen. But people signed up for it, and it made so much money. This isn't Top Gun. Like, Top Gun's a movie that, like, is a classic. It's burning in people's brains. So when the sequel came out, I got it. I understood. I still thought it was crazy that it made... It, that movie made like a billion dollars. I yeah. thought that was wild, but... It's a popular movie, though. And it's the same the same uh, main character and everything. Absolutely. I'm saying I get it. I still... I would have got it if it made $500 million. Yeah, it made... It was more popular than... You went to go see it. It, I like, grabbed... I didn't see Top Gun. You didn't go see Top Gun 2 no, in the movie theater? No, I thought you said you did. I told you I dressed up as Top Gun. Okay, yeah, my bad. Costume. Sorry, my bad. Mix up. My bad. Anyway, I thought you saw. I thought you went I to go see Tom Top Cruise. Gun Two. That's who plays it, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought you went to go see Top Gun Two. Anyway, a lot of people went to go see Top Gun Two. Did it you was see it? no, I didn't. Oh, okay, but it it grabbed a lot of people, and it Avatar recently surpassed Top Gun Two. Wow, and it's like it had. They said it had to make two billion dollars to become profitable, and it's all it's already almost there, and it's wow. been out for two weeks. Yeah, man, eat, eat shit. Go ahead, talk. Eat crow. Eat crow. Eat crow. Right? I'm not Sorry. gonna eat any shit, yeah. man. Jesus, why do you want me to eat shit so bad? It's, that's how. That's what I meant, though. Eat shit is like an insult. Like eat shit and die, loser. <laughs> eat crow yeah, is like. You. Eat crow Air? is like. Yeah. <laughs> eat crow is like. I uh, I was wrong. That's what eat crow. I know what eat crow. Oh, you stop. You keep telling me eat shit. <laughs> I don't want to eat shit. I'm just. I'm eating crow. So I'm eating my crow, and I'm saying I don't. I haven't heard anybody say it was good, but a lot of people saw it. And do I want to do mushrooms and go see it? Yes. So I will be a part of adding to the. $2 billion crossover mark when I go see it, when I acquire mushrooms. So I'm eating crow. I thought it was going to be a massive flop and not make the money and cost the studio millions of dollars. And hey man, I was you were wrong. wrong. So I was wrong. It yeah. is what it is. Like I said before, you know, when I said going in 2023, we're stopping that hate and shit. I was hating on this movie. Yeah. I thought justifiably, I thought it was going to be a bad movie. Apparently it's good enough to get butts and seats. 
So I stand corrected. But anyway, before we get out of here, what I was about to say um, before we went down that tangent of movies and, and recommend, recommendations and stuff is one last final shout out to The Grand Ace, T-H-E-E-G-R-A-N-D-A-C-E for a fantastic intro. He is now part of the Affirmative Murder lore forever, as far as I can tell, friend. I don't see us changing this. This is our song. It's got our names in it. It's, it's fucking uplifting and energetic and great. And so, yeah, I mean, he's a part of the club. And I'm going to call it now. I don't know where Grand Ace is from. But when we do live shows and when we do a live show near Grand Ace, I want him to open up for the Ooh, podcast. Yeah, that'd be dope. I, want us to ki- I want him to kick off the podcast live show with a performance of this song as well as a medley of other songs. Maybe let him get like 20 minutes to just rock out and do his thing. And then, ki- and then the last song is our song. So that, I'm putting that in stone for 2023. Grand Ace opening for Affirmative Murder for an Affirmative Murder live show. But until we make that happen, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans. And we'll see you guys next week. Deuces.